Hey everybody, I'm Scott. You all know me. I am from the Nashcast Network. I host the Nashcast podcast. And I just want to say a quick thank you to everybody that's been involved with the podcast so far up to date, everybody that's ever participated within the podcast, everyone who's ever shared a link or a tweet or anything on Twitter or Facebook or, or any kind of social media, a massive thank you. Uh, more of a shout out to everybody who's ever listened. I think, you know, I can't thank you guys enough. And so I hope you carry on listening because uh, the show can only get better. We've almost been running for a year now, uh, the Nashcast podcast. We do have two podcasts within our network now. Uh, Sean runs the other one. And as we come, as we approach the yearly mark for the anniversary, we're going to uh, do a lot more on his podcast. So you'll get a lot more uh, feedback and adverts about that sort of stuff and whatnot. So look out for that. But in the meantime, this episode, episode 40, is is very special and important to me. Uh, I anybody who's listened to Nashcast knows that I could be I could be conceived as quite a peculiar individual. Not much touches me. People could say I'm a robot and all that kind of stuff. But this episode did touch my heart. Just through a, a bit of random banter on Twitter, we ended up me and Sean having a conversation with our very special guest in this episode that just meant the world to me. And in the process of fighting off the flu. Uh, what I hope is the end of it. I, after the the podcast, I felt so much better. It was amazing. It was a complete gift, and I hope you all enjoy this special episode of Nashcast. So, without further ado, we will interview our guest, who is in my heart and mind, regardless of what she says, a celebrity, someone famous, and more than that, a legend and a hero. So, please enjoy this episode. What up, this is Jason Mewes, and you're listening to Nashcast up in this piece. Snoots to the Nooch! I had the same thing with Guy Pierce when I found out he was Australian. Yeah. He's Australian? <laughs> yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> Get out. Oh my god. Yeah. I had no idea. I should have gone. I was just there a few months ago. I should have gotten a bottle of it. And I saw Michael. I saw him for two <laughs> seconds, but I saw him. Yeah, I, 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 I saw him long enough to give him a hug and say goodbye. Yeah, I'm sure he, yeah, and he, he seems like the kind of guy that would carry this stuff around with him and just be like, hey, there you go. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he has holsters that he carries it around with. Instead of guns, he has hot sauce. <laughs> Where's the kid at? Lori's <laughs> constantly like telling her, just like, stay here. And he just wanders off and she's like not paying attention. Uh, she's like, it's like, how many, like, you have one job. Watch your kid. Make sure he doesn't go anywhere and get killed by zombies. Yeah. You don't have any other jobs to do, especially when she gets pregnant and they don't want her doing any work around the farm. <laughs> do think that they take unnecessary risks yeah. you know um poor uh, uh poor glenn getting lowered into the hole where that uh <laughs> oh, that well, yeah. Who, who volunteers for that? Come on. <laughs> you know yeah. what that made me think of god bless his soul it made me think of ming i oh. was just like <laughs> 
This is going to be uh, this is this is the first podcast that I've done where I have not said the words uh, domestic minor sexual trafficking <laughs> the entire time. I but you know I just said the other day on a podcast. I wish I could do a podcast where I didn't talk about the Wayne Foundation the entire time. I got my wish. <laughs> you did. Good, I'm glad that we could oblige. <laughs> Same thing with redacting. I love it when um, paperwork's released and the <laughs> entire page is black except for the words <laughs> the and and. It's like, yeah. gee, thanks for releasing this completely useless file that nobody can read. That's really freedom of information, let me tell you. <laughs> You guys are super stingy with Downton Abbey. Oh my god! <laughs> we, have uh, wait, like, we have to wait like five months to get Downton Abbey months. after you guys. Yeah, Jesus. like you guys get the whole season and then we get to watch it. <laughs> okay, well, um, right, so we'll have words with someone. Yeah, we'll, we'll email. Thank you. Please get a hold. Uh, get a hold of Masterpiece Theater and tell them how upset I am being the celebrity that I am. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Everybody, welcome to this edition of Nash Cast. As normal, I'm Scott. I am Sean. And with us today is uh, this podcast's like biggest uh, or most um, uh, special guest. Uh, I'm not going to go with the celebrity thing, but our most important guest, I'll say. Um, and it's uh, the, the the lovely Mi- sorry, it's Mrs. Isn't it, Mrs. Uh, Jamie Walton? Yes, it is, Mrs. It Jamie is. Walton. Yes, thank sorry. you very much for having I me. Get that. No, thank you for him. thank you for being on. Um, and you, uh, for people who don't know, I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit later on anyway. But uh, just to go into it, you are the um, the president and founder of the Wayne Foundation. Um, yes, I do, am. Do you do anything else in the Wayne Foundation? Have you got any other titles, or is that it? Um, I have a lot of titles. I oh, have wow. the <laughs> ca- I have the accounting title. I have the fundraising title. Whoa. I have the, um, I have the social media title. <laughs> I have the uh, research title. I have the legislation title. Um, we could go ahead and throw the janitor title in there too. <laughs> so you um, you literally do everything then. In, in yeah, anything that the Wayne Foundation does was done by me. Wow. Not, I mean, I I don't say that like egotistically. It's just no, yeah, yeah, what it, yeah. Actually, I, I had somebody a couple of weeks ago email me and ask to speak to my assistant, and I died <laughs> laughing. You don't have an assistant? <laughs> no, uh, you, but I did. I thought about. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to work as an intern, an unpaid intern, you're welcome to to come work for me. But other than that, no, I'm not looking for an assistant. Is that is that that's in New York? Is it? Uh, no, I'm in Florida. Are you really? Yes, I'm in Florida. There you go. Holy shit. Nice little the link sunshine up state. Yeah, I, I grew up there. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that strikes me as um, surprising. Uh, how come? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't think that you grew up over here in the Florida. That's all. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird, funny story that he's got to tell about that. But, um, but yeah, okay. Um <clears throat> 
Well, uh, uh, inevitably, we'll uh, no doubt get to the Wayne Foundation, and I'm sure you, um, there's various stuff. Because i got a couple of questions about it to ask you that you might be able to uh, open my mind up. Um, and before we sort of get into that, I thought it'd be cool to uh, see if we could throw a couple of questions your way, kind of maybe get to know you a little bit, and uh, um, things like uh, anyone who... Anyone who does follow any of um, the other podcasts out there that involves Kevin Smith, as we were just talking about, knows that uh, you like Game of Thrones. Uh, is there any other TV series out there that you uh, really enjoy watching at the moment? Um, other, oh, I love TV. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> my, it's my favorite thing in the world to do is, is to binge watch TV when I'm able. Okay, um, what, what sort of shows are you watching? Um, uh, I'm a big fan of Shameless on Showtime. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, I watch ev- basically everything on HBO and Showtime. Um, the Walking Dead. Yes. Um, Love The Walking Dead. Uh, comic Book Men, of course, just because I think it's amusing to watch people I've met in person. Um, <laughs> um, and actually, I was on an episode of Comic Book Men. They cut me out, though. Oh, no. Um, I was in season two when they did the fundraiser for the Wayne Foundation. Um, oh. But they cut that out. And I'm kind of glad they did because it was it, it was just a silly premise. Oh. Um, but so but I, I had my I had my five seconds of fame and <laughs> and they cut it they said they said no <laughs> I, just, I remember i remember um, that episode and uh, i did i uh, i did think you know they've got to bring you on at some point and then i think i remember vaguely so i thinking ah oh, a bit strange that you you weren't on there but I, then i figured oh you're probably busy doing other stuff uh, i don't want to it, it was just it was a production decision that it, they the way that they had me introduced really was not it didn't flow well. We knew at the time when we were recording it that it wasn't going to flow well, and it, I was so I wasn't shocked when they cut it out. Yeah. Um, I know we did. I we we did two different shots of it, and both times I was just like, "This doesn't make sense." <laughs> and um, uh, but uh, but they they've um, they I guess they have different people now, and that's they you know that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. But um. Well, I mean, there has to be some sort of reality to reality TV. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yes, it's yes, it's it's set up because, as Kevin's pointed out, you know, ten guys with with you know genuine, really good art items to sell are not all going to tra- walk through the secret stash door <clears throat> on one day. Yeah. That's never ever going to happen. It might happen once a year. So unless they do some kind of call to say, "Hey, if you got cool stuff, come show it to us." You know they're not going to have episodes, so just uh, I I get where I get the whole reality part, and then some of it's a little set up. But I think that with me, it felt a little unreal. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so then anyway, for the things, uh, you got the auction and some promotion for the for the. Yeah, that was great. Week. Yeah, that was great. We got a lot. Um, uh, we got a uh, a whole lot of site traffic. Um, and we were, um, seeing the, I believe the episode was seen by, um, 2 million people, uh, cause this is when they were still followed. This is before they switched over their, uh, time slot and, oh, yeah. uh, they were following walking dead still immediately yeah. after walking dead. Yeah. So, um, I think that that episode had 2 million viewers. And so there was 2 million viewers that got to understand, um, a little bit slightly, about uh, the fact that um, sexual trafficking of children, um, specifically of uh, children that are U.S. citizens, occurs in our country. Yeah. 
I wish they had talked about it a little bit more, but of course it's an entertainment show, not yeah. a PSA. So I was happy to get what I get. Yeah, it was nice of a- it was nice of AMC to approve the whole idea to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it better than uh, it not being involved at all. So yeah, that's it. Well, I, I had actually, I think the way it came about is I had said it as um, I, I think I had said it as um, I had mentioned it to Kevin that. Mike and Ming were doing the run for Undead um, uh, yeah. in this. Uh, um, I said, and it happened to be when they were um, filming at the same time. So I just gave them a heads up. I was like, by the way, they've been planning this for six months, but you know, you could always send a film crew with them. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, uh, I got told about three or four weeks later that, oh, by the way, they are sending a film crew. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to be there too, so they had to let me know about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Just well, so you know. Yeah, sure. there's, there's a lot of people here. Yeah, well, uh, but well, it was a lot of fun, and we had a, they did a really good job, and I, I I appreciate how much exposure the Wayne Foundation got, and maybe one day we'll get to do it again. Who knows? Yeah, well, there's always always a season. Well, I guess they've done four now, five. I'm I'm sure it'll get a fifth season. Um, uh, it seems like the show's very popular, especially with them approved. It sounds like it sounds like a. I mean, I don't know any more information than any any other fan does, but it yeah. sounds like AMC is approving um, Hollywood Babylon's late night show. I mean, yeah, I don't, it I seems don't even, I, that they're that it's getting approved. That sounds good. I don't, I'd heard they'd done the pilot, and yeah, that was it. And they were just sort of like waiting to hear back, I guess. But that's uh, yeah, that yeah, that, I think that's that's the last I heard too. But the way yeah. I look at it is like they use Kevin in so much. They used him on Talking Data bu- or Talking Data Bunch. They used him um, on the, the one year they did for the hollow the Halloween. Thing that they do all October, all the um, horror movies. He um, hosted that all month long, you know. And so AMC seems to like him a lot. So hopefully, hopefully yeah. his show, his other shows will go. And plus, um, um, what's his face has also gotten his own show. Um, uh, Ralph Garman. Uh, no, no, not Ralph. They're um from Comic Book Men. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a Walt. Here. Um. <laughs> No, not Walt. Walt the, not Mike. the main cast. The um, oh. the guy that does their appraisals for them. Oh, uh, I feel ser- I feel terrible. Oh yeah, Bruce. 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 Is yeah. it Bruce? Yeah. Rob Bruce. He is. Um, I think he. I didn't. I think they announced that he got his own show too, where he's gonna like do like a um, you know, where they go around traveling around looking for antiques and stuff, oh, and yeah. like the junk, the, the junk people. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like it's that kind of promise. Yeah, I want to say that they announced that the uh, when Comic Book Men ended last season. Wow, I heard something about that on um, one of the um, Tom, Steve, Dave. Um, that episodes. should be interesting. I'll watch a show like that. Really? I mean, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'll, I'll watch anything. I'll watch anything pretty much. There's some things that I'm not. I don't get really into big action like action shows and stuff like that. But, yeah. Um, for the most part, I get I, there's not a lot of shows that I don't dislike. I'm um, I'm actually it's, I have I have kind of addiction to Big Brother. I'm getting ready to wrap that show oh, up. <laughs> <laughs> I I've never really understood the um, the thing with Big Brother of people just watching other people just doing normal things. <laughs> really weird. Well, but, they um, don't do normal things though. They, not? they because oh, I guess is... what it is. I guess for me, it's the psychology of taking 
any kind of entertainment away. So books, okay. internet, TV, anything that you could use to like occupy your mind and, and be kind of on your own or mm. social with people without actually having to reveal things about yourself okay. by leaving these people in a house all they have, the only option they have is to just talk about themselves and to reveal more and more and more about their personalities. And eventually, you know, obviously they set these things up so that the personalities, some personalities are going to clash. Actually, I just started watching that. I don't know if you guys seen it or not. That new show that they're doing on Fox Utopia. I've heard uh, about it. I haven't seen it. I think I saw the trailer yeah. for the other day, but uh, no. Um, I just watched the second episode of it, and I was, I've got to say, it's an interesting premise, but they, like, typecast so many people on that show, like, these characters, like, these are characters, these archetypes are just built to go against each other. They've got this poor pastor, like, all the girls, it's hot, they're in the middle of California, and all they have is this lake, so all the girls are walking around without their clothes on like at least with their tops off and this poor like older pastor is there and he is like losing his mind like he's just like i can't deal with this god's testing me wow. i guess uh, he's like literally losing his mind about it so it's just I, I i i think it would be more interesting if you just took you know 15 random people and put them on the show instead of looking for particular types of people that you know are going to eventually create drama on the show. Is this is this fictional or is this a reality show? This is a reality show. What it is is there there's no money involved. They don't get anything. What it is is it's like 12 or 15 people all have to live together in their own society for one year. And they're given very, very basic supplies, but there's no rules. They can decide how they want to do things. And it's crazy. So far, the first two episodes have been nothing but utter chaos. (laughs) Like, people are not getting along. People are not trying to help each other at all. Like, it's very bizarre. That's why I'm not sure if this is a a real sampling of what would happen if you took a bunch of people and put them together. Like, I'm not sure that this is really what would happen. I think from the sounds of it, from how you've described the people, they've looked for certain personalities, maybe yeah. ones that would clash. Yeah. Right. And that's to, so to common about- in reality TV. That's what made me think of it is that Big Brother is pretty much known for that. You guys, I think uh, over in the UK, you guys have celebrity Big Brother, but we just do it with regular people here. No, we, so- we have a regular version as well, and it's uh, it's nowhere near as... Because um, I've noticed this um, through listening to the podcast and stuff. America seems to be really big when it comes to reality TV shows, whereas we've only got... I think literally a couple, uh, Big Brother being really, one of yeah. Like it's, we, it's we, growing, we have like fifty yeah. percent. Like we have reality shows about things that just I'm confused about. Like <laughs> I don't even know why this is a show. Yeah. Um, yeah so there's there's definitely I'll definitely say that there's like the um all that there's a whole group of TV shows, the Housewives of New Jersey oh, and the Housewives yeah. of Beverly Hills and all that. <laughs> Those shows, I don't even understand why people are watching it because these women are all very wealthy. They're none of them have likable personalities whatsoever. <laughs> I won't stereotype any particular one True. because the there's a multitude of negative attributes to these women. 
Um, so I, I, I've yet, and I tried, I, 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 um, I was sick one day a couple years ago and I watched an entire season up. I was up all night and I couldn't sleep. So I watched like an entire season of the uh, Atlanta one. And I was just like, by the end of it, I was just like, I almost wanted to cry. All right. I was just like, why are, why does this exist? <laughs> These women are very pampered. Why are people watching them? They're not interesting. All they do is fight and argue and and be nasty to each other and like talk behind each other's backs. And it's just like, I guess that's the appeal. But so I guess that's for me. That's not that's not something know. I'm really interested in. No. I, I um I watch all the Gordon Ramsay cooking shows, like all <laughs> Master Chef and kitchen nightmares and all that stuff i watch all those reality tv shows I'm trying to think of like what regulars like i said anything on hbo and showtime i watch yeah. even all the old stuff that's ended i've pretty much burned through hbo go nice. so things like uh, um breaking bad uh oh my god actually aaron paul follows me oh um, nice. and he sent me a tweet um he sent me a private message that i printed in I have framed. <laughs> That's nice. And it, it it says that um, I'm his hero. Ah, oh, that's really nice. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So I mean, he's never done anything to support the organization because his wife um, has her own organization, and right. evidently he um, he's very good at raising money for her because the last two uh, Emmys um, he's done crazy things and. Her site, I think this year, this her or her site crashed because so many people went to her site oh, during wow. the Emmys. He mentioned her during the Emmys. Huh. Um, nice. So, uh, but no, but he is a really sweet person. He's really another one of those guys that seems to be very, very down to earth, real like realistic kind of person. Yeah. So, um, but that did that was like one of those Twitter follows that I was just like. Oh my god! Because what it was is I it was just a random thing. I had tweeted him two of my favorite shows of all time. Happened to he happens to star in, and um, Big Love from HBO and Breaking Bad. And I had sent him a tweet saying, "By the way, even though these are literally two of my favorite shows of all time, Big Love really being one of my favorite shows of all time." Um, I didn't realize you were the same actor until I was like four episodes into Breaking Bad. <laughs> and he wrote me back and he was like, that's a huge compliment as an actor. Thank you so much for saying that. And he felt like he followed me back immediately. And that's I cool. guess two or three days later, um, I guess he had been looking around on uh, the Wayne Foundation site or something and uh, he just sent me that little private message, and I was just like, I put it on my Facebook page and screenshot of it on my Facebook page, and I printed it out. And I'm just like, I'm keeping this forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds well, pretty it was awesome. During the height of break, it was during the height of Breaking Bad. It yeah. was like during the beginning of season five. So for me, it was just like it, it was like the most popular, one of the most popular people on the planet. Just that I'm his hero. <laughs> Yeah. That's a pretty cool moment for me. That's uh, very cool. That's huge, yeah. Um, I actually, it was, one of those, it was actually one of those moments where I emailed Kevin, and he wrote me back immediately, like, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, just uh, quick, I got a quick question that popped into my head uh, a little while ago yeah. when, we, when we were talking about uh, Comic Book Man, because... Um, I mean, not so much. Um, Sean, Sean doesn't, but I, I listen to or have listened to all the Tell Them Steve Dave episodes, 
and I've seen uh-huh. all the comic book men up to date so far, and most of the guys on it on both shows seem to be pretty consistent with like how they are, except one. And I was just wondering what he he's uh, what he's like in in reality. And it's Walter because on Tom Steve Dave, he's there's a side of him where he tries to stir the pot a little bit between the others and uh, like be argumentative in a fun way and just have a laugh. And then you see him on Comic Book Men, and he's got that very um, kind of like. Uh, I guess passion where he's got that take charge attitude and he's like right we've got to do this what are we going to do get some ideas together and so he seems to be like um, two different characters as it were between like Tom Steve Dave and comic book men what's he like I wouldn't say I, well first of all I'm going to be honest that of all the guys Walt is the one that I know the least oh, really? um I've, I've <laughs> and that's shocker. who you choose to ask about <laughs> shocker uh no well, it's just a situation where, like, Walt is kind of withdrawn. Um, yeah, is he, uh, is he quite shy? From, like, well, yeah, like, I, I, w- I wouldn't say, like, in a bad way. Just He's just, like, mm. he's kind of a shy guy. He's not, and I'm, and I'm a very outgoing personality. Um, so, um, and then I don't know if it's because I'm a girl or <laughs> what. I don't know what that, I don't know. Um, I, I just, I've, I've, I've had, real, I've, built up relationships with all the other guys and have spent uh, quite a bit of time with them. But Walt has not been somebody I've spent a whole lot of time with other than seeing him in, in the stash um, when I'm in there because um, for whatever reason, you know, podcasts or whatever. Um, but I would say that as far as your other question, as far as his personality on the show, as far as the take charge attitude, I would definitely agree that that is 100% real just as much as the shy portion is real because I think that his personality is shy, but when it comes to the stash, that is his store, that's his baby, and he's in charge, and he takes that very seriously. It's not just like, oh, well, Kevin's my best friend, so you know I can just do whatever I want. I don't think he takes that attitude at all. I don't like that. I don't know him that well, but from what I've seen... He takes his business extremely seriously, and it, it you know, it, he wants it to be successful. Yeah. So I would say that the Tate charge attitude when it comes to his job and it comes to the store is completely legitimate. No. His shyness, um, in a certain way, would definitely, I would say, my from what my perception would be. I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little anecdote because, like I said, I don't have that much interaction with Walt. But okay. um, at one point, I was saying goodbye to. Um, Michael's always there at the store too and um, I was saying goodbye to Michael and Michael and I have become so close that you know I've stayed at his house when I've gone up to New Jersey so um, and stayed in his kids bedroom with me and my (laughs) husband and I did so Uh, we had like a little sleepover Um, (laughs) but it was great. Yeah, no, they're great. The Zapsics are great, great people. Actually, yeah. I stayed with his cousin too. It was I, I stayed with his cousin in Pennsylvania the last year. Um, uh, Dave Zapsic, which is funny because they they're almost exactly alike and they have identical families and identical houses in different <laughs> states. It's very, very, but it's adorable. They 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 have adorable families. But um, what I was anyway, I was going to I was at the store and I was leaving and I was going to say goodbye to Michael and I gave him a huge hug and I see out of the corner of my eye. This is when the um, counter was still up front. I see out of the corner of my eye that Walt just kind of glances at me and just kind of looks at me. And so I just turned to him. I stopped <laughs> hugging Michael. And I just turned to him. And I said, Walt, would you like a hug, too? And I just said it like really sarcastic. 
And he just was like, yeah, no. I said, yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> and, and well, because, I mean, I will give anybody a hug that wants one. I just didn't offer him one because he did not strike me as someone who wanted a hug. And yeah. it, I was obviously right. <laughs> was, there, was there a handshake involved then? <laughs> uh, no, but he's always very kind to me. He's not, he's not you, know, uh, un, you know, unkind or anything like that. He's just not... So like he's just not social, and if he's social, he's social with you know Brian and Michael, you know, and Ming to a certain degree, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. making fun of him—that's <laughs> yeah. all legitimate. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask that because I love the show. It's all real, but it, Ming doesn't mind at all. I think that it doesn't bother. I, I will say I have never gotten the impression that it bothers him. What's of anything? He always has such a huge smile on his face. Yeah. Ming is the best. Well, he also gets his kicks back on uh, ISO comics as well, I guess, doesn't he? So uh, there's the, the yeah. banter between them all. So, yeah, well, they like, so I'm, they're, uh, they, that's just, um, that's the Jersey guys, I guess. I guess yeah. the best thing I can describe it as is that, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a group of guys. You're you're kind of talking to the wrong person, I guess. Um, I'm not in the inner sanctum of um, that whole group. They've all known, and you have to understand these people have all known each other for a very very yeah. long time. Not just for not just Brian and Walt, but yeah. Michael and Ming as well have both been there for um, well over a decade. I think Ming's 15 years. I think Michael's it's like. 10, 12 years, mm. you know, so they've all known each other for a very long time. So they've built up a relationship and I'm not sure that people necessarily take that into consideration when they listen to the podcast or they watch them on TV. But, um, I, I would say that, you know, I'm not part of that yeah. group yeah. and I wouldn't, I wouldn't purport myself to be, I've been, I've been lucky enough to get to meet everybody and everybody has been, overtly nice to me and kind to me um so as especially as someone who's kind of an outsider that kevin met on twitter um i'm sure because that 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 introduction is always not awkward at all yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, um, so yeah i would say i would say that the everything that you see on comic book men as far as the guy's personalities are authentic yeah, yeah. Like I said, they they all um, they all seem to be pretty identical as well. To when uh, when they're on when they're doing Tom, Steve, Dave. Uh, it, well, that's how you can tell it's authentic. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you kind of get not... that impression, and they 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 seem to have like such a, a genuine good time doing everything that they do, whether it be podcasting or the show or just just running the store. It just seems to be what they uh, what they really enjoy doing. So, and that's well, rare. and that's what that, that's really what the day to day life for them is is just regular just regular life you know yeah. the show the show is the show but then there's the rest of the rest of the year i guess the yeah. rest of life <laughs> you know the store still functions as a store so yeah. everybody has a job to do and everybody is responsible for you know things so it's just what uh, I guess it's like I said, I the only thing about it that people could say that it's the show's, you know, not real. Like I said, is that, yeah, there's not 100 people waiting outside the stash with like thousand thousand dollar classic items to be looked at. But <laughs> yeah. as far as the, who the guys are, I would say that that's completely legitimate. OK, excellent. Nah, that's uh, that's, that's kind of spurs on the desire to 
to go there even more as yeah. we were going to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get there one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, you guys should. You guys should. It's one. It's um one of those things that when you walk in, you really are. If you're because I was a Kevin Smith fan way before any of like the Wayne Foundation happened. So walking sure. in, it is a it is um a little overwhelming. Yeah, it's on the. It's definitely on the list of things to do because I wanna. I want to go see New York, and then we're gonna. We're hoping to at some point whenever we. Well, go. it's a, it's a forty-minute drive over from New York. That's um, fine. We'll do that. It's no, it's not. It's not bad at all. Yeah. It's not like it's a long ways away. Yeah. Actually, you actually you can take a bus. It's eighteen dollars each way. Yeah. <laughs> I know because oh, nice. I had to go to. I had. To, I had. To, I had a conference in New York, so I stayed in New Jersey all week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did hotels and hotels in New York are very expensive. Yeah, so. I bet. Trying to uh, trying to save a dime. Yeah, nice girl. That's 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 my that's on our list of uh, things to do is uh, New York. New Jersey to see the stash, and um, and yeah, I'll, I keep bugging Mike on Twitter about it because I'm 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 desperate to try and get some of his hot sauce over here in the UK, and um, oh, me and his wife actually keep bugging him about it, but uh, I, yeah, he, he keeps saying yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> so and he is one of the best cooks in the world, by the way. That's not a front; it's total truth. Yeah, he seems to like Mike really was- enjoy doing it. I keep seeing uh, his wife keeps putting pictures of him in the kitchen on Twitter and he always looks like he's having such a good time making whatever it is that he makes. Oh, he, he makes. loves and, to cook. He yeah. loves to. He's, he's a classically cha- trained chef. Yeah. Yeah. Have you tried his hot sauce? I haven't got to try the hot sauce, but I have eaten I have eaten his cooking several times and he is an excellent cook. Nice. Um, so I'm sure, and I'm a big fan of hot sauce, so I'm sure that his hot sauce is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to get a bottle of it next time I'm there. I'll try to get a bottle of it. But I have the. Um, I should have gone. I was just there a few months ago. I should have gotten a bottle of it. And I saw Michael. I saw him for two <laughs> seconds, but I saw him. Yeah, I, 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 I saw him long enough to give him a hug and say goodbye. Yeah, I'm sure. He, yeah, and he, he seems like the kind of guy that would carry this stuff around with him and just be like, "Hey, there you go." I'm sure he does. I'm sure he has holsters that he carries it around with instead of guns. He has hot sauce. All right, so he's got to have them to the ready so he can keep it, you know, promoted and make sure people are enjoying the hotness of well, it. Well, you think that they, I was just thinking, well, I, I, so what it made me think of is I saw him in the stash and I was thinking that they would probably, if, they had, if he had it on hand, he would probably have some for sale in the stash and I could have grabbed the bottle, but hmm. I wasn't even, I was so overwhelmed by what was going on at the time, <laughs> just, I went from, I, I, w- I went from state to state to state in just a couple of days and it was very overwhelming very very overwhelming wow that's no that's um that's uh yeah well next time uh, you're over there i'll try and uh if, if you're tweeting and stuff i'll try and uh, remind you about it and um yeah uh yeah can, do do yeah. So definitely say, say jamie don't forget, don't forget mike's hot sauce yeah and then you can give some feedback away because I, I love my uh hot oh, yeah, sauces and foods you, and stuff because right? uh, i'm a i'm a hot sauce aficionado oh nice i don't like <laughs> I don't like hot sauce that's just hot to be hot. I like hot sauce that actually has flavor to it. Yeah. I'm sure you won't be disappointed if, uh, I mean, like I said, you, you've tried this food before and it's never disappointed. So, And I no, hear it, I've no, heard on Twitter it's, it's, that this, this sauce is quite successful, apparently. So, yeah. Much like uh, Scott Mosher's beer, apparently. That's supposed to be quite popular, too. But... Scott's beard? 
Bear. No, it's Bear. Oh, his, his beard. beard. Yeah, sorry. Beard. Oh, yeah, his beard like, is quite successful is as well. His yeah. beard is popular. <laughs> oh, his beard is popular over here. Scott loves, yeah. loves the Moser beard. Yes, he, he rocks a really good I beard. Was, oh, my God. I was just going to die. I am dying laughing now. Oh my God. No, yeah, because I, I think well, it was a few months ago now. He opened up his own... Um, uh, brewery. Yeah, that's it, brewery in um, uh, Canada, is it? I think. I'm pretty sure it's Canada. Thank you. I owe Scott. Mo- I owe Scott Moser so many beers. I've never met him in person. <gasps> we came close. We were in the same. We were in the same room together. But, but he he had just come in for. He had just come in the hotel and he was soaking wet because it was raining. So he ran to his room. Um, and I wasn't there to. I wasn't there to see him. Uh-huh. Um, so I saw him, but I didn't see him. I did, uh-huh. You didn't decide been... to follow him to his room wet to, to get an introduction. No, no, no. Um, I, I actually, uh, I did not. Um, but since that time, he's been a huge supporter of the Wayne Foundation and does uh, does so much for us. Anytime I ask him to retweet something or mention something, he's always been very, very supportive. And mm. at the beginning of when we first started this, when we first started trying to raise money, he sent um, all of his chair backs from the um, the you know the chair backs from the movie sets that's got their name and their title. Yeah. Um, he sent his whole collection from all of Kevin's movies. Whoa. Um, yeah. So um, that was really really neat that he did that because I didn't he didn't even tell me he was going to do it. Um, I just um, I was in New Jersey and Ming handed me a box and he's like, "Oh, Scott sent this for you." And I opened it up, and I was just like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, mm. so that was that was great. So I've sent him, I, I've told him on several occasions that the first time I get to see him, I'm going to have to buy him a beer and thanks. And I have said that to him now over the last five years or so. I've, <laughs> I've probably said that like maybe 30 times. So at wow. this point, I'm going to have to get him really drunk. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got them all noted down. Don't worry, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't drink beer, so he can just have mine, I guess. Um, oh man. No, but no, but he hasn't. It's a, I, I've always been very um, uh, touched that Scott's been um, so supportive and helpful to me, considering that he he doesn't even know me. Yeah. Um. He just he just believes in what we're doing, so I think that's really cool. Like I said, everybody everybody at Smodco is just in their own ways have have been super supportive, and I can't thank all of them enough. Um. So when I come on these podcasts for especially for ones that are very fan centric, um, I I always want to express what uh, how much of appreciation I have to be somewhat included in the yeah. uh in the circle i'm like in the outer ring i'm <laughs> yeah. not outside the i'm not outside the circle of trust but yeah. i'm on like the, i'm on the ring yeah i think that that would I, I think out of all of them uh i think the one person i'd like to have a beer with would probably be scott he's he's such a dude I, I, he's, I think he's very cool. down to earth yeah. from our conversations have been he seems to be a very very cool kind of guy yeah um Actually, we did talk. Actually, now that I think of it, it, we talked on the phone once. It was just for it was for actually a really weird, awkward situation. But um, we did speak on the phone uh, briefly. 
uh, for somebody who was trying to do a fundraiser and he was trying to get a hold of me through Scott. So it was just a weird situation. But uh, no, Scott seems, uh, that's why I've always said, you know, I got to buy you a beer if we are ever in the same (laughs) room together again and you are not soaking wet. Um, <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll we'll do this again in uh, I don't know five years time, and we'll see if you've caught up yet. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, um, uh, so okay. Well, let's see. What else? What other questions do you guys um, have well, about? Uh, Sean, have you got any yet? Or uh... yeah, just 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 because my, I, I stuck on my mind from from earlier on. Um, okay. Uh, don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but just out of curiosity, whereabouts in Florida are you? Um, I'm in, um, Sarasota, Florida. Okay, cool. It's on the West Coast. Yeah, I grew up in Clearwater. Uh, okay, so you Just out of Tampa, yeah, so not Yeah, I'm not just south far. of Tampa, so. Wow. I don't know why I thought for some reason that you, I mean, you don't have a, a, a New York accent, but I just assumed. No. Well, my, my, fa- my mom's from New Jersey, so that might be, that might be it. Um, cause I've, I actually, I lived in Nashville for several years and everybody thought I was from New York for some reason. And I guess it's because they all sound, um, like from there, from the South. Yeah. So it, um, <laughs> I kept saying, I don't have an accent and they were like, yes, you do. And I'm like, no, I, I really don't have an accent. You do. <laughs> um, yeah. Pe- people from the South, definitely. They've got a distinctive accent. So yeah. it, it's very hard to convince them though, that they have an accent. Um, at least some of them um but i yeah i got that a lot when i lived there that i sounded like i i got that i was from new york or new jersey a whole lot the only thing i could ever think of is that my mom's from new jersey but she doesn't even she doesn't even have like a jersey accent when you think of like jersey Mm. um like can you think of like um early you'd think like sopranos obviously you know that kind of accent but even like even um, do you guys remember um, Kevin put out a video of a little maybe a year ago or so ago, and it was him. It was an actual video of him like in like eighty nine or ninety, and it was him and Jason driving around in a car. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I've seen that. I saw that on his um, yeah. He put it up on his Facebook page and Twitter and, and all yeah, that. yeah. And if you listen, he has such a thick New Jersey accent in yeah. that video, and I want to know when he dropped that. At what point did that accent drop? Because he doesn't talk. I mean, you can hear a little bit. Yeah, you can hear in his voice. You can hear a little bit of the accent still there, but it's totally not as prominent the way that it was when he was a kid. Maybe mm. it was just because it was cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, maybe like a cool thing that would be like talk, talk like you're like you're from Jersey or something. I don't know. <laughs> I can't do it, Jersey. I can't do it. Like I just talk like a normal. No, your your accent's fine. I'm terrible at accents as well. The, yeah, um, I can't do accents. I'm not Ralph Garman by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> the um the accent that um Andrew Lincoln puts on in Walking Dead that's a Southern one, isn't it? Yes, that's us. Yeah. Well, that's his idea of a southern. Okay. Accent. What about um? Look, because Lord, I, I was. For, I mean, for, considering that his act, considering his natural accent, he's done a. I think he's done a very good job. Yeah, and because uh, I found but, out Lauren Cur- Oh, sorry, Lauren Cohen. Is it? Yeah, she's the same. Because she's. I thought when you hear her talk in the show, uh, as um, I've forgotten her character's name now, but um, she sounds. It sounds like so natural, and I was so shocked when I was watching a, a Comic Con thing, and she starts talking. It sounded—I can't remember what it was. She sounded like more British or 
Australian or something. I don't know, but uh, I was shocked to figure out that wasn't her natural accent. So I... that happened with me with Eric Bana once. I um <laughs> I had no idea that what I didn't know what country he was from. I didn't even know who he was. I just knew that I had seen him in like two or three movies. And then I saw an interview with him, and he started talking, and I was just like, what? Like, I thought my brain was going to melt for a couple of seconds. Yeah, I think Uh, I had had the same thing with Guy Pearce when I found out he was Australian. He's Australian? (laughs) Yeah. What? Yes. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) I had no idea. Um, I look at this Eric Eric Banner guy, and I'm trying to... He was in Hulk, uh, Troy. Star Trek, um, Star War, um, Star Trek. Um, I don't remember him in that. Yeah, in the in the, the Star the Trek reboot, he played Star- Nero. Yeah, he's the bad guy in it. You can't tell because of all the makeup. You no can tell way. because of his voice. Yeah. The oh, tone, wow. and not his accent, but the tone of his voice. You can kind of tell it's him. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing how many uh, Australians and uh, New Zealanders that uh, come out ever since like Spartacus. Every time I watch it and hear interviews now, the amount of times that people are uh, Australian or from New Zealand or and Canadian as well—that's the other, the biggest one, I guess. Um, yeah, wow, that's amazing. I did not know Guy Pearce is Australian. I can't get over that. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. The things you there learn on podcasts. Yeah, oh, that's. Uh, I'm surprised if all the uh, the random stuff that we normally chat about when we're podcasting. I'm surprised that's not come up yet. So. Ah, okay. I assume, I assume that you that you knew that, but hey, no, I know nothing. <laughs> we learn new things about each other every day. Okay. Um, while we're on Walking Dead, uh, Jamie, have you got any uh, any favorite characters at all? And are you up to date with um, the season? Yes, I'm up to date. Uh, although I'm I'm worried about watching the beginning of the next season. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but uh, that whole cannibalism thing scaring me because I have a phobia about it. Oh right. Um, I've like like let's put it this way, um, Sin City. I um, I ran out of crying. Um, so, what, yeah. the, the first or the second? The first one. I don't uh, remember any cannibalism in that. Um, Elijah Wood. Oh had yes. A little thing in it, and Listen? it like it's a very oh, yeah. small portion of the movie. But I, it just it, it. I had no idea that was in it, and it just caught me so off guard. Ooh. That I literally ran out of the theater crying, and I talked to the manager, and I was just like, why didn't you have a warning about this? And they were just like, what? And I'm like, do you know how specific warnings are nowadays? Come on now. Let's get You can't throw cannibalism in there. I've seen some really specific warnings, like sci-fi sci-fi space violence yeah you know stuff like that you know it's just like you can't say yeah by the way there's a guy who eats other people in this. <laughs> um that is just a, I, I don't have like any there's nothing that like really creeps me out too bad i'm not a big gore fan but mm. i don't mind it but it just something about cannibalism freaks me out like in high school i like totally refused to uh, read Lord of the Flies. I was just like, nope, not gonna happen. Just I'll read it. Give me another book. I'll just read that. And of course, they they were like, okay, here. <laughs> yeah, they didn't care. They didn't care. I'm not gonna make sense. It's one of those things that's it's completely unnatural to. Uh, well, it's just yeah. not something I want to think. Like, and zombie, and see, that's just the thing. Because my husband was asking me about this. He was like, "Why is it that cannibalism bothers you, but zombieism, like the zombies, don't bother <laughs> you?" Because it still is kind of the same thing. And I was like, "Well, 
not to get too gross because I don't even want to think about it, but zombies are not real people and they are like animals. They are like, they are ripping you to shreds, you, you know, just eating your raw flesh. To me, that's no different than being attacked by an animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But cannibalism cons- in certain instances and stories and such like that take that to a whole new level that I really don't want to discuss. Yeah. Um, uh, psychologically speaking, it takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. Um, zombies, uh, they're just motivated by, you know, they want to eat. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, that's, that's it's, like, it's, it's, animal, it's animalistic. It, yeah. They are motivated, they are driven by the fact that they need to eat to survive. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing, though. What happens to, my big question is, what happens to zombies if they don't have anything to eat? Do they starve to death? I think, uh, well, from my interpretation, from what I've seen, um, I, I I think they just sort of, like, get weaker. Like, like they slow down? Yeah. Like, they, the, like, when they like, start uh, decaying hibernate and stuff. almost? I, um... I don't know, because I'm pretty positive we've seen in a couple episodes where there's been uh, a zombie like locked up or whatever, and they just come across... Yeah, I mean, like, when they go into the prison, you've got the one that's the one that bites Herschel's leg. Spoilers. Um, he uh, he was just, like, sat there kind of, like, uh, comatose, I guess, because I guess the, he'd wandered yeah. around. There was nothing to eat for uh, however long, uh, I guess, like, the couple of years he's been in there. And, yeah, I guess they just kind of shut down until... That's going to um, be terrible, day. like... I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand how that would work. Like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand how. I don't know. I guess it's best not to question yeah. things it's like that. It's probably one of those things that's like a massive uh, plot hole with all zombie things because we don't. Yeah, we don't because think about you, you, they, can't they get, they get have no en- you can't have energy without calories, so you can't yeah. have life without and without energy. So yeah. And there's, uh, I'm sure there's, there's no nutritional value. Like, but then they're like, undead, so yeah. there's that. So <laughs> there's no real life in them. So, but anyway, but if we're going based on The Walking Dead, and you asked me what characters are my favorite characters, so let's see. <laughs> um, let's see. I love Shane. I miss Shane. <laughs> I think Shane should come back from the dead. Again? And, well, and, and be cured. <laughs> yes. So he can rub his head some more. I don't care if they cure him. I think he'd be, he might do a better job than Rick if he was a zombie. I don't know. Because Rick, just to me, is like one of the shittiest leaders ever. I'm sorry. Really? I love Rick. No, that's fine. We're an explicit uh, well, podcast. Well, no, I anyway. like him as a person. Don't get me wrong. Right. I like his character. Right, but I mean, as far as being a leader, yeah, he okay. he has made some big like. I'm sorry, <laughs> but when you're when you're uh, spoilers, somebody told me there'd be some spoilers around here. Mm, spoilers. When you're hallucinating <laughs> and seeing your dead wife out in the prison yard, you might want to pass off leadership to somebody else for like the time. <laughs> just while you're just while you're having your hallucinations. Well, you I might think... want to say, hey, um, I'm not feeling so well, guys. <coughs> Maybe you should watch me. Make yeah. sure I don't do anything crazy. You well, know? I, I like, think... wander out into the zombies <laughs> with no weapons, you know? I did like. I, um, exactly. I mean, I, I love that uh, the, the transition of his character going from like just well the whole transition from the from the beginning to to the end of season four. But and I don't know how I can't remember how long it, it took, but they did kind of do that because eventually he was kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm done with this, and that's when they well, formed Herschel the council. Kinda, Herschel kind of took over, for, like kind of when while they were in the prison. But I think where I got the maddest at him was with the governor. Yeah. The mistakes that he made with the governor of not 
wanting to he he need to grow a set in my opinion <laughs> okay i, 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 I just felt like well i mean i'm just sorry but you have a prison um mm. and he's got a little town that's guarded by a handful of people and some barbed wire you know prison is meant to hold people inside so i would think that that would be like a top priority if you know somebody is your enemy you should probably do something about i'm not advocating you know murder but if you're talking about an apocalyptic situation <laughs> and there is an, an ad and an, a group nearby that you know technically might want to kill you it might be a good idea to kill them first. Yeah. Just an opinion. <laughs> just a strategic opinion. <laughs> oh, that's, um, that's reasonable. Not wait around for them to show up and blow a hole in the side of your prison. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. I, th I think if, if the apocalypse comes along, then um, I take Jamie on my side. <laughs> yes. oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> no, uh, that's all I would be because I could definitely never... I don't think I could ever... Uh, I will. No, I don't think I could kill somebody. Like I've, 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 I've had that discussion before. Like, could you kill somebody? And if you were like defending yourself, like if you thought that they were going to kill you, and it's hard to answer that question mm. until you're like really in that moment because mm. yeah, you don't really know what you would do. But knowing myself, I don't know. I'm probably somebody that would just probably just let them kill me because I don't want to live with the idea of killing someone else. Uh -huh. You know, like my biggest fear in life is, is hitting somebody with my car, my uh, like a pedestrian. Oh God. Yeah. I, that's that, that it, scares me. I too. have a paranoia about that. Mm. Like I'm constantly looking for people and, and well, yeah, it might have to do with where I live at in Florida. It's like mostly retirees here. So <laughs> the, the odds of hitting that's somebody so on the road is kind of high here. The odds um, of also getting hit by a retiree are quite high as well. Mm. Yeah. So, um, uh, but it's a, but it's just, I guess I have a, a fear of like, I don't ever want to impact somebody's life permanently, at least not in that kind of way. Like, I don't want to hurt somebody. I don't want to like hit them and like make them a paraplegic for the rest of their life or something, oh, you know, like, awful. or kill, God forbid, kill them. You know, I just, I don't want to be the cause of, of mis. I don't oh. know if I, I think I would just, just let it be and just let somebody kill me <laughs> if, especially if it was the apocalypse and like life was terrible and it was all about just like surviving not even day to day but like hour to hour the way they paint it in the walking dead yeah i would be kind of like andrea was and like listen i just want to kill myself <laughs> i just don't want to be a part of this world <laughs> you know so i wouldn't necessarily want to die like via horde but you mm. know if there was a bottle of pills laying around, I might be tempted by it. <laughs> or if somebody was trying to kill me, I might just say, screw it, let them kill me, you know? Um, I, I, I think when, I it, when it comes to the I, apocalypse, all bets are off, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think it would depend. On, it would just, I guess it would depend on the circumstance of the apocalypse. But if you're talking about an apocalypse that's like The Walking Dead, where there's a constant death threat, not only of death, but brutal death at any given moment... <laughs> Um, I'm not sure I'd want to live in that world. <laughs> Death might be a better alternative. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I I did a um a marathon recently of watching all the uh, the Walking Deads again, and it's uh there's two things that sort of uh caught my attention, and the first one I, I didn't like because there was you remember the whole um oh, who was who was it that did you say Amanda was it Amanda the suicidal Andrea. one oh sorry yeah Andrea Andrea 
Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She had the whole, uh, you know, toying with the idea of suicide, and Dale was all like, you know, confiscating her gun and uh, doing the protective father thing or whatever. And uh, and and the people were a bit, bit worried about her, thinking like, no, suicide's wrong. Yeah. None of them seem to have a problem with at the end of season one when the black chick decides to stay with the scientist. Um, and they just let her, you know, explode in the uh, the, the, the the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. That seemed really weird to me. Uh, or maybe maybe because just... they didn't have a relationship with her, like they hadn't built <laughs> maybe. a bond with her yet. Ah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because they they didn't want Andrea to die because she was integral to the plot for the next three seasons. Ah. Uh, maybe that's <laughs> why. <laughs> okay. And um, and my my question about zombies, which I think um, I might have stolen from Sean because we've talked about it before uh, many times. But when um, uh, you get the horde comes in and they uh, they all uh, just dive in on like the poor helpless guy, like. Otis, um, and they, they rip him to pieces. What happens to the remains of him? Does he then become a zombie and he's just like got no insides because they've all been eaten? Or how does that work? I I don't think so. I think that because the um the spinal cord's been severed because um, that's pretty much what they say is kills a zombie is mm. the where the spinal cord meets the brain when that's severed. There's they're not zombies anymore so i guess hmm, if you took sense. a dead if you took a, a human being and you tore them apart they wouldn't have the opportunity because they wouldn't have the opportunity to come back yeah i guess sense. would be my theory well, that's, that's but a- i mean you've seen as long as there's a head it's st- like as long as there's like a head and a torso it seems that the zombies can still live they don't need anything else they just need a torso and a head but mm. the minute that you sever the head in any way, that's it. Hmm. So to me, I guess once the head is separated from the body, it wouldn't become a zombie. Yeah, but here's a question. What if it wasn't a horde? What if it was just a zombie attacking a person and like he started like chewing on the person's feet? Mm. And like all of a sudden, the person became a zombie. Yeah, do they, would the do other they stop zombies eating? stop eating them? Yeah, good question. That's a damn good I, question. Because, I think they would. Yeah, because they yeah. don't eat other zombies because they've yeah. already proven that like the smell of zombies, you know, covers mass the human smell. Yeah, that's right. That would right. have to be one really the the, the 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 first zombie doing the eating would have to be a really polite eater. <laughs> yeah, he'd have to be takes, taking his time. Yeah, it takes days for somebody to get infected. But if he started at it, but yeah, but if he start, well, no, it doesn't. Not in The Walking Dead, because yeah. remember, Shane became a zombie almost immediately. Like that, yeah, whereas others, it takes hours. Because remember sometimes. that that's the remember it's like whatever it is, it's the virus that whoever you don't even have to get bit if you get killed, hmm. you immediately become a zombie. Like, but it, but, the- but, the, but the time frame has changed, admittedly. And that's something that continuity-wise they haven't kept the same is the time frame between somebody dying and the time that they become yeah. a zombie. That does yeah, seem you've got situations where people have been bit. Like in season one, that guy got bitten and it was days. Before it took forever. Andy, yeah. But then some people get bit and it's hours. And Shane. then, like I said, with Shane, with Shane, Shane gets killed and then all of a sudden he's back like seconds later. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a zombie, so um, which was kind of cool, but um, <laughs> talk about revenge. Um, <laughs> well, it was a little unexpected because that was the first case where we saw mm. somebody become a zombie without being bitten, yeah. and that yeah. was our first indication that that everybody was infected, not just 
the undead. Mm. So um, that scene, I, actually, that scene sticks out with me. But, then, but that's probably because Sheen's one of my, like I said, one of my favorite characters. There's a uh, lady on Twitter uh, that also likes Shane as much as I do and whenever Walking Dead's on. Um, the one character that we both could not stand at all was Lori. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone can stand Lori. <laughs> nobody likes Lori. I guess she was just, she was written as such a weak person. And I'm mm. sorry, but we had such a good time. Me and this lady had such a good time. Um, talking about where her where's where's the kid at where's Lori's <laughs> constantly like telling her just like stay here and he just wanders off and she's like not paying attention yeah she's like it's like how many like you have one job watch your kid make sure he doesn't go anywhere and get killed by zombies yeah. you don't have any other jobs to do especially when she gets pregnant and they don't want her doing any work around the farm you know um what else do you have to do but besides watch your only living child I mean, it just seems like a really simple thing, and yet she completely screws it up left and right. You know, where's <laughs> Carl at? I mean, that's the whole third. Isn't that like the whole <clears throat> second season or the whole third yeah. season? Is where's <clears throat> Carl? Yeah, he's that's constantly... the whole second or the third season. Third season. It's the whole third season. Is where's <clears throat> Carl? I just yeah. I find I think one of the things about her which. I um I, I'd never really had any feelings one way or the other. She was just there, but the point that she's I don't remember which season it is, but she's driving down a road mm. and doesn't hit anything, but somehow managed to flip a car in the one part. <laughs> I saw the in the one part of this massive long road. I remember where, that where there happens to be one zombie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and the one zombie comes to kill her. Yeah, I, I know. Just think I re- that's it. no, I do remember the car crash that there was the, like it looked like. She crashed in a ditch. Like, yeah, that's right. Not even, not even a ditch, but just like <laughs> a, a stretch of grass, like <laughs> like a shoulder for the road. Yeah. You know, like it looked like the kind of place where it would be safe enough to pull off if you had a flat tire. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. I I would have to go back and look at it, but I'm not sure how she flipped the car either, other than she was like really upset at the time. I think um I'm I'm pretty certain that I remember um. Uh, there might have been was, a zombie in the road or something. She was trying, and I think she swerved yeah, to miss him. Yeah, but there was a zombie in the road, but, but I also... Sh- wasn't she, like, going after Rick, though? Yeah, bec- yeah, yeah, that's right. Going to find- so, if there's a zombie in the road, like, did she... Sw- I can't remember if she swerved to... I think she maybe that's swerved what, to Why would you why? serve? Why would you hmm. swerve? Why wouldn't you just hit it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's war. I mean... <laughs> Says the I mean, of course, I swerve for I swerve for like squirrels and stuff. But I wouldn't swerve for, I wouldn't swerve for a zombie. Yeah, squirrels are cute. Zombies, I, not so much. Yeah, yeah I'd make yeah. sure that my tire hit his head. It, it wouldn't be that, especially on a road that has no other vehicles on it. It doesn't seem like it would be that hard of a shot. Yeah, I think uh, that needs to be revisited. I think I, I'm pretty certain I remember her being relatively upset at the time and mad because um, Shane lied to her about something Rick or Carl or something. So then, yeah, she stormed off to go after Rick. And I think I don't know what time of day. I'm pretty certain it was day. I was still trying to think if it was nighttime. I can understand it being a natural reflex when you see. No, it was during the like, day, though. Yeah, I want to say it? it was during the day. Yeah. yeah. Then, then I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and as far as uh, my last character, I'll make a comment on is um, Michonne. 
Uh-huh. Um, I think that um, not only is, I mean, everybody loves her because she's a badass, but I think that as the story has progressed, we've seen so much of her backstory now that I think that she's one of the more fascinating characters on the show mm. as far as um, her motivations and why she does things and um, how she behaves. Yeah. And just and of course the fact that she can kill anything. There's <laughs> nothing that can stop Michonne. Yeah, I do like even that. if she if you, even if you take even if you take away her weapons, she'll still kill you. Yeah, yeah, I do. I like her. She uh, the storytelling for her character. I think is quite um probably been. I think in my eyes, well, it's, it's different it's, than everybody else's storytelling. Yeah, yeah. And everybody else's storytelling's been kind of upfront, and hers has been really trickle down. And it's probably because they've written that the character is written to be so um closed off. Yeah, yeah. But you see that they want in her to be three. secretive. Yeah. But she comes out of a shell in season four quite. I like the interaction between her and Carl, you know, and she's out looking for comics for uh-huh. him and they have a, a, a strange little um, sort of friendship that she doesn't really seem to have with any of the others. So, And him too, though, because he's now now at this point after his after his mom died. I mean, he was mm. going to the dark side before that. But after his mom died, um he really went off the deep end. So he kind of needs that relationship too. I, so I think that they're both good for each other. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I like, I, I, I like them being together. Like I said th- this upcoming season, um, what I'm going to, I'm going to do is, um, I'm going to let everybody else watch the first episode for me and then they that's what i did with the last episode to be honest with the finale is i got people on twitter to watch it for me and then tweet me how much cannibalism was in it and the time spots if it occurred so i could skip it and because i well it was obvious that with terminus what was going on yeah i mean i mean it was just once they got there once the first group got there it was just so obvious to me what was going to happen and i'm just like no, I love this show, and now I'm gonna have to skip episodes. Um, but luckily, it wasn't too bad. And ho- I think I don't think that it's gonna be too terrible. Um, I think that honestly, I think that they're gonna this particular plot point. I think they're all gonna get out of Terminus pretty damn quick yeah. and just move on yeah, be- in the plot and start moving up towards uh, DC. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think you're right. I don't think they'll stay there too long. It I, would. Uh, I mean, isn't that where they're supposed to go next? As yeah. far, I mean, I know they're not keeping that much continuity with the comic books, but shouldn't they be headed up towards Virginia at this point? Um, yeah, because they've got yeah. the guy with them that um, claims to have the cure. Or yeah, 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 the, yeah, the guy that says that he knows what everything's about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Washington is uh, supposed to be next on the list. So I imagine they'll stop in a couple of places on the way, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. I think, but the, I, I'm thinking that this this plot point that they ended. I think what I think what this is my prediction. I think that they needed to end on something a bang. They needed a way to bring all the characters back together. Which having a a, de- a train depot called Terminus saying you know everybody come here would be an obvious way to do it. Um, so I don't think that, but I don't think that it's a plot that's going to stretch out at all because we really weren't introduced to any of the bad characters. We weren't like, mm. th- there wasn't a whole lot of time spent on them other than they're bad. We know that they're, they're, they ca- mean to cause the um, group harm yeah. in 
in a variable ways that we won't discuss. <laughs> um, um, but um, I think that based on the way they left the final episode, spoilers, 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 <laughs> spoilers, um, um, the, the, the weapons that got left outside. Yes. Terminus, in the back. Yeah. I think that the, the bag of weapons and the fact that um, they're all together again, I wouldn't be surprised if this whole plot with Terminus ended within the first to second episode of the yeah, new season. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. I'd, I'd be I'd be very surprised if they um, show any of the cannibalism at all. I think it, yeah, it's I just going to be just something that they're going suggested. to allude to. But just in case, I want to make sure yeah. somebody watches it. Yeah, we'll let, we'll let you like know. Like I said, <clears throat> it's just one of those things that it's just like I can't. I can't deal with it. It's not, it's, it's an irrational fear, but even like not just fictional stuff, but even like national geographic stuff, like talking about tribes and stuff. We're talking about ancient peoples. I'm just like, no, not watching this. You know, it's just, it's not, I mean, there's so many other horrible things in the world I can focus on besides that. Um, let's, uh, let me ask this. Um, do you guys watch Mad Men? I haven't yet. No, I don't. I, I'm, I'm gone. behind on so many shows at the moment. Yeah, um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's any other shows that I might watch that you guys watch. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just very quickly, uh, did we actually get an answer to who your favorite character is? Would you say it's Michonne? Yeah, yeah say, Michonne and... Um, uh, I would say... Um, Sorry, I got I like, the Shane. I, I want, Shane, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, Shane was definitely one of my favorites just because he was just... He was crazy. He was fun, though. He was he was crazy in a good way. He was kind of crazy in a way they needed, whereas Rick's a little too methodical. Um, he's got to you got to be in 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 the apocalypse in their apocalypse specifically. Mm. You got to be able to like think on your toes, and um, Rick doesn't always do that that well. Yeah. Um, the bar scene. Uh, the b- big bar fight, that being a, a huge example of him just getting caught off guard. Yeah. Um, why you wouldn't think other people would be roaming around looking for supplies in a town is beyond me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I can understand if you don't expect to meet people like just on the road, but um, in a place where there are supplies there are chances other people might go there too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's the, the, sometimes I think that Rick acts like his group is the only group of humans left. Yeah. Well, they, there's, there seems to be, um, uh, they, they, they seem to forget about, uh, the zombies too. Cause I remember in, um, in season two <laughs> when, uh, Maggie and Glenn go off to the, uh, the pharmacy place to get, I don't know, Laurie some stuff. And uh, yeah, they've been there. Bro, a cu- yeah, yeah, they've stuff. been there a couple of times, and then the zombie just grabs Maggie, and Glenn's got to take him out. It's like, why wouldn't they? Even if they've been there a couple of times, why not? Wouldn't you like check your corners and scope the room out, make sure uh, the place is uh, devoid of not just zombies but people as well? But they they didn't seem to do yeah. that either. So I don't, I don't no, get it. I don't. And, I don't know. Sometimes they. I do think that they take unnecessary risks. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> poor. Uh, uh, Poor Glenn getting lowered into the hole where that uh, <laughs> oh, one zombie yeah. was. Who volunteers for that? Come on. <laughs> you know yeah. what that made me think of? God bless his soul. It made me think of Ming. 
I oh. was just like, <laughs> and, I I, and it's not a, not a racial thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just that like, if the comic book men guys found that thing in the back of one of their yards, that's who that they would put on there as bait. Is I could see that, yeah. And Ming, and that would have been Ming's face the whole time, just like, oh, you know, just like I don't want to do this. Okay, but I really don't want to do this. Uh, you know, so, so I, I actually did think about Ming in that scene, but, uh, <laughs> well, it's just because Ming's such a nice guy, and he always does everything, the guy's just, like, he's just, he puts up with everything with such a big smile on his face uh, that, um, there's parts of me that are very much reminded about him with Glenn, I guess, sometimes, uh, um, that's, that's amazing, so, but that, in that one, in that one little scene, I was uh, especially reminded, like, yeah, if, uh, if the comic book guys had that, had that thing in their backyard, I know who would be going after it. <laughs> Scott, Scott, making notes that uh, when the first episode uh, comes out on the, on the 12th of October, you got to watch um, it and then let's, uh, let Jamie know. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Jamie Walton, J-A-M-I-E-W-A-L-T-O-N. Um, like I said, I'm, I, I watch, a, I, I think it would be easier for me to list the shows I don't watch. <laughs> I'm just trying, I mean, I just, I mean, I, I, I don't have particular business. I mean, you guys probably don't watch, I'm a huge Once Upon a Time fan. Oh, I um, watch it. Scott oh, you do? Yeah. No, I did. No. I, okay. I, 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 yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I just, think... I, I'm in love with Robert Carlyle. Like, it's, uh, there's a, um, there's a meme out there that, um, it's a picture of him as Rumpelstiltskin, and it says, um, the only guy that can make you simultaneously um, aroused and creeped out at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. I. Uh... Um, I love him on that show. He's the guy that I think really pushes that show. He does. I mean, I there are times when I've lost a little bit of interest in it here and there. Yeah. But he. Yeah, they've gone off the wall a little bit here and there. Yeah, but he he's consistently good, and um, I mean, I can safely say when I see him, I don't get aroused, but um, he is creepy <laughs> and cool. Wrong with it if did. <laughs> no, 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 that's cool. <laughs> um, but he's creepy and cool at the same time. Like when he's being the villain, you can't help but like him yeah. he's a likable villain well he's very funny yeah his his villain is very very funny so um even when mm. he's doing something terrible to you he's cracking a joke about it at the same time yeah you know so um and, and, know, and that giggle and i'm sorry but that giggle i can never stop laughing at that <laughs> giggle he said that his um his i guess one of his children had come up with it um he, after he got the role, he was asking his his kids what they thought Rumpelstiltskin's laugh would be like, and his son did it, and he copied it, and I guess that it stuck. Oh, I thought that was really adorable. Oh, yeah, the writer right, said that they wrote that they wrote that Rumpelstiltskin Mr. Gold role specifically for him because he was supposed to be on Lost. He was supposed oh. to be um, what's his face on Lost. The um, uh, uh, Desmond? Desmond. Desmond? Oh, oh was yeah. It? yeah. You know, I can see that. I could see that. With the Scottish guy in the, uh, uh, yeah. In the bunker. Yeah, yeah it was Desmond. That he, but he was um, on um, um, Stargate. Was it Stargate Universe? Yeah, Stargate Universe. Um, he was so he was already committed to that, so he couldn't do Lost. So uh. then, when both the Lost and um, Stargate Universe ended around the same time, I guess they when they started writing Once Upon a Time, they 
um, that role was written entirely for him. And like, he's, um, given basically carte blanche just to do whatever he wants, yeah. just like and, act it how you want it. Cause that's what we want you to do. Yeah. And it works. It works really well. Um, it does, and I, especially because some I do think some of the other character, the other actors on the show are, are a little bit weaker. Yeah. Um. Uh. Specifically, um, the uh, Lana Perilla, I think her name is the lady that plays the evil queen. I think for uh, the person who is supposed to be the main bad guy of the show, um, it's kind of morphed since then. But originally, she was supposed to be the main bad guy. I didn't think that her acting was really that strong. No, it does, um, does, does dip in and out of it. Um, yeah, it, it, hmm. it does for me at times. Um, uh, the the charming Snow White relationship I totally buy. I think is adorable. I think it's adorable that they're getting married in real life and that they have a baby in real life. Um, yeah. I mean, what are the odds that you're going to see real life Prince Charming and real life Snow White get married and have a baby? That's very true. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I think the other thing that, that keeps me hooked is just why... I keep on telling Scott to get Stacy to watch it because she would love it. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, if you have a if you, if you have a woman, I, I don't I don't think I've met a woman yet that didn't like this show. No, it is and one it, um, on my list. It kind of fell through the uh, through uh, through my fingers because at the time I remember Sean keeps introduce, introducing me to these shows. And he's like, "Oh, dude, I've been watching this. You got to watch this." And uh, normally I'm in the process, or we're, me and my uh, fiance are in the process of watching like a whole bunch of shows. And I keep saying, "Well." Because I've been let down so many times over the last few years where I start watching a show and then good old Sean here turns around and says, oh yeah, by the way, that show that you love so much just got cancelled. And that's like on season one. And so I've been let down so I, many times. I, I, that, I feel that way too about Yeah, shows. so I just I, tend to let I, them build up a little bit. And yeah, that one did fall through the cracks. But um, we'll, yeah, we'll, I'll add that to the list. She'll love it, uh, I'm sure. So for the, for the most part for me, though, I kind of take the same stance on brand new shows mm. is that um i like to let them run at least a season yeah. before i'll commit because number one then i can binge watch it on netflix <laughs> um, yeah. but number two i can wait and see if it gets renewed because i have been burned to um on shows that i particularly like that they yeah. didn't renew and it got annoying um yeah but there are a few shows that i've i've given um a pass for generally they're but they're generally like um the premium channel shows um a new one that just come out now um uh cinemax i have i've not really gotten into any of their shows they all seem to be um very um centered towards like men and action kind of stuff um but they've got a new show out um with clive owen called the nick and it's about the Knickerbocker Hospital around the turn of the century. Um, and it, it's very, it, it's interesting in the sense of watching what medicine was like, um, oh, just wow. as uh, electricity is being introduced as, a, as a, something that's mainstream and things like that. Like all the things that they had to do medically. Um, uh, he's, a, he, he's a surgeon. So... Mm. Um, Wow, I didn't yeah, even so realize they were that, doing a TV show. No, I mean, yeah, no, this um, this is this just um, this just hit the fourth episode this this past Sunday, so it's a brand new show. Wow. Usually, uh, like I said, but if it's like an, on a network, like where um, getting canceled is a really high mm. rate of probability, I generally give a show at least one season before I I give it any kind of commitment. Yeah, yeah, I I, um, I, did, I even did that with Breaking Bad. I'll admit, even though mm. Breaking Bad, oh, I didn't know, but I, did, <laughs> I only came I didn't watch, start watching till season three. Yeah, I think. Well, we I think we started 
just when they were about to start the last season, I think. I'd, not, I'd never particularly heard of it or whatever and uh, came across it on Netflix and I thought, just read the opening um, uh, synopsis of it and uh, just when I saw the whole, uh, oh, about this dude, you know, cancer, blah, 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 and I was just like, oh, I've got to watch that because I thought I might be able to relate to this guy. Um, I wouldn't go to the extremes that he did, but no, I loved it from the moment I started watching it. So, and uh, we haven't finished it yet, but um, yeah, we're hammering through that at the moment. Love that show. It's I think that the, I think that the biggest um, compliment any actor can get is to um, who was um, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, I believe he took out a ad, and I think it was in the New York Times, and he wrote a letter to Brian Cranston saying, "I just binge watched all five <laughs> seasons of Breaking Bad, and you are the most brilliant." an actor on the planet <laughs> yeah you, coming from anthony that, hopkins that's amazing yeah definitely. and to take it and to, and, and to actually publish that and not just send it like as a private email but to like make sure the world knows what your opinion is and the fact that he used the term binge watch yeah that kind of made me feel really good like wow anthony hopkins is kind of a cool guy he <laughs> binge watches on netflix <laughs> like i do yeah yeah that's the um the beauty of netflix i, I think and that's that's why i'm uh, there are some shows uh consistently that i'm, I'm watching when they're available like uh, you know walking dead and, and, and such because i know that's just gonna uh, no doubt keep going but but yeah, it's so um, it is frustrating. This this cast. I mean, Sean just told me the other day uh, about. I don't know if you've seen it, Longmire, and um, no, I haven't started that yet. Yeah, whatever network that's on. Apparently, that's it's on A and E. Yeah, that's the that was their second like biggest show, and they've gone and axed it at the end of season two, and it's beyond me. So I don't know why. Well, I just I don't understand some decisions. Like uh, there's another show on HBO um, about ten years ago called um, Carnival, and um, it, admittedly it was an expensive show. It was around two million dollars an episode to shoot, but it was uh, a very very good show with a lot of some very um, big. It had uh, some pretty big actors in it. Um, but they canceled it after the second season and didn't. They didn't even allow them for an ending. Yeah. It just it just dropped off and yeah. um but their citing for canceling it was that it cost two million dollars an episode and then 10 years later you get something like boardwalk empire where they shoot the uh, just the pilot episode itself for 20 million dollars yeah and their ratings never ended up being any better than carnival so i guess to me i, I guess it just depends on who's running the network at the time yeah and who makes yeah. As to what, who, what, when, and where, and why those decisions are made. Yeah. Hey, can you guys can you guys give me a, just a second, please? Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Hey guys, I'm Kara. You're like totally like listening to like the Nashcast Network. Like, yeah. Oh, hey, hi. hey, welcome Sorry. back. Sorry. That's all right. No, no that's okay. Hi. We were just filling time with. Uh, have you ever watched uh, NCIS? Uh, yes, I have. I, I used to watch it pretty hardcore back in the day when it first came out, but yeah. I don't really watch it anymore. Yeah, I don't watch any. I used to watch all the crime shows like CSI, CSI. and Law and Order and all that. But um, I'd say in the last five years, I've really gotten more away from the network shows to um, like the big like ABC, NBC, CBS, those kinds and yeah. been definitely more into like the premium channel content because now see like when I was growing up you you would buy HBO 
and it was like $30 a month for one channel Whoa. and yeah, it was expensive and it, we nuts. got one channel only and it, it you it you just if basically if you wanted to watch a movie you had to be sitting there right at the time that the movie started and of course for everybody who's ever had HBO back in the day the movie always started 20 minutes after you turned it on so you you know it's just the way it always was it'd be, always be the movie you wanted to watch would already been on for a half hour yeah. um so it got to you know everybody would always end up being complaining about it and it was just like so i got away from premium content pretty much my whole life and then they came up with this whole on-demand system and it was just like oh well now it's worth my time so i spent the last like five years catching up on all like the all the shows the hbo did like i had never seen the sopranos i had never seen a single episode of sopranos i watched all of that um just a lot of stuff like that and i got way more into um shows on like um definitely amc's got my eye i watch a lot of shows on amc yeah um fx does a few really good shows i'm a big fan of american horror story um i wanted to start this new show that they just started um uh it's like a vampire show the strain but i haven't i haven't got a chance to see it but i've yeah i've heard really good things about it but um I went on their on-demand section, and they, they had all the episodes except for the pilot episode. And I was just like, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Uh, so, I uh, I mean, yeah, I, I could have downloaded it off iTunes for like two bucks and caught up. But I, I was being lazy, and I was just like, I have things I can watch. Uh, there's probably, so many other things I can watch for free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's there's so much out there. Sometimes it's really hard to choose what to watch. Yeah, it it really is. It is hard to choose what. Well, it's, it's hard to choose what to submit. Give your time to. Like what we were talking about once upon a time. One of the things that I got a little irritated about is how they're trying to tie in um, Frozen into the next season. What I haven't watched. I haven't. <laughs> I I have to, I have to watch frozen now in order to understand what the hell's going on on once upon a time when it gets ready to start here in a few weeks yeah i mean i was fortunate enough to have seen or unfor i don't know <laughs> frozen, uh, frozen was everybody says it's good and i like i like the music from it and everything of course i've heard the music but i haven't actually sat down to watch the movie and i know in order to under better understand what's going on on once upon a time i'm gonna have to yeah and i i thought that that was a little dubious of um abc to, or should say Disney mm. to force me to watch their movie <laughs> in order to continue watching a TV show that's been on for four years now. Yeah, I thought already... I was a little. I felt slightly blackmailed into watching Frozen. Yeah, and they've already made like one point two billion dollars off of it. They don't need any more of us to to watch Frozen. Well, and that, that and the other thing is, it's just like it because it had just come out that I was just like, are the writers being a little lazy here? <laughs> Are they just tapping into something that you know it got really widely popular? Yeah, it's just like, come on, be a little, be you're you're better than this. Once upon a time, yeah, which did surprise me because one of the strengths that the show has got was um, their their the writing and how they they've expanded on all of these childhood stories that we grew up with. And, exactly. And moved the, them yeah, on they so, so much the further. Yeah, it's and, like for, it, do you remember? You probably you might not remember, this, but back on the Rocky and Bullwinkle show, they had fractured fairy tales, and that's what it's always reminded me of. It's it's fairy tales, 
and it's in basis of what we know, but it's twisted. Um, one of the things that I absolutely love, um, going back to Robert Carlyle's character, Stiltskin, <laughs> is that he represents so many different characters in, um, because he's got his fingers in every, every pie, yeah. uh, so to speak. Um, he represents so many different characters in the fairy tale world, um, like the beast in Beauty and the Beast, the crocodile in um, in um, Captain Hook's story, oh, nice. you know. But he's still himself. It's yes. just his interactions makes him into these characters, so that they can tap into those storylines. And I thought that in and of itself is extremely creative. Yeah, no, no, very, very good. Um, but then there's other, like, you know, I'm glad that they killed those two people that were wanting to destroy magic. I'm glad that they got rid of that plot line, like, really quick. I was just like, where did this even come from? Yeah, that was a, a bit strange. I mean, it did start to, uh, I kind of it felt a bit like the, the writers started running out of things to do for a little bit in season three. Well, oh, I'm not saying, and my husband had pointed out that after the first season, he's just like, he watched the first, like, four episodes of the first season, and he admitted that with Robert Carlyle, the show was very good. Yeah. But his big problem was, like, once they break the curse, the story's over. <laughs> He's like, there's nothing beyond season one for me. He's like, there's nothing that they could write that's going to make this interesting because they're going to meet the story's end by the end of the first season, which they technically did. True. You know, so I can see where... It, it it almost has like a hero's quality to it that the first season mm. had this really magical quality that captivated audiences so well and they've just been struggling to try to keep that momentum up and they've they did they they've done better on a certain seasons than other seasons true. um true, you know true. i i i think that this um i thought that the peter pan season was good and I didn't think this last season um, was too bad, the whole um, Wicked Witch of the West season. I didn't think that was too bad. But basically, at this point, the family tree that this Once Upon a Time revolves around has gotten so connected that I'm getting confused. Yeah, getting confused, <laughs> um, and I think there are I some... Mean, Everybody is related to everybody because of Rumpelstiltskin. And, and also, Rumpelstiltskin has evidently tried to have sex with every single woman on the show. <laughs> All, think about it, That's though. True. Think about That's it. True. Like, almost every character, if you think about it, he is hit on or, or made claim to at some point every main female character with the exception of Snow White. <laughs> And he even hits on her at one point when she comes to ask him for a favor. That's so true. So, <laughs> yeah, well, he's such a he's such a playboy, you know. That's um, but like, but that's I did. I thought about that at one point. I'm like, okay, he tried to get with Regina. He tried to get with Regina's mom. He tried to get. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just like how. But but then you start have to start thinking about how old this guy must be in reality. Hmm. Yeah. In comparison to the other characters. <clears throat> He is much, much older than the other characters as, as far as the way that they're writing this timeline. If he's dealing with Regina's mom when she's a young woman and he looks the way he does now, <laughs> <laughs> obviously he's a lot older than everybody assumes him to be. No. My big question, I, I, uh, I think that the next big question that 
they're going to have to answer now if they're going to keep running with this whole family tree thing is to say who his mom is. Yeah, that would be interesting. That's I think that's the only family member that they've left out so far now is yeah. they haven't said who his mom is or where she went or why he was alone with his dad. This is going to be uh, this is this is the first podcast that I've done where I have not said the words uh, domestic minor sexual trafficking <laughs> the entire time. I but you know I just said the other day on a podcast I wish I could do a podcast where I didn't talk about the Wayne Foundation the entire time. I got my wish. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I'm glad that we could oblige. I was I was just <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking of that. No, actually, it's, right? it's, it's nice to. I mean, I, I mean, I like. Don't get me wrong. I I love my charity and I love promoting my charity. It's just I mm. um I am a human being and I do have other interests Absolutely. besides yep. the terrible yep. abuses of children. Yeah. Um, I was so, I was I was just uh, thinking actually because I was gonna um. Uh, check Sean's uh, opinion because I was going to say we can uh, in a little bit just wrap this one up and then we can always come back another day and do more stuff about the Wayne Foundation um, if you're up for it. Um, yeah, sure. I'm always I'm mm. always up for it. I'm we I'm whenever you guys are free. I said I I tweeted the other day. I'm all up for podcasts. Podcasts are, <laughs> yeah, are no, free. I remember. Yeah. They're they're free advertisements for my charity and I love to talk. And I love to meet people. I so I, I get to meet you guys. Uh, this is this is awesome. I get to sit here and talk to people about the shows I like. Yeah. Get told that I'm a celebrity, even though I'm, I'm not really <laughs> sure about that. Uh, thank you for the compliment, though. You made me blush. Oh, um, very welcome. Oh, so um, no, that this is all. This is all good. I, um, um, I got a, a quick question about this once upon a time yeah. thing, Majiggy, because I'm not seen it. Do you, now, obviously, Disney's got quite a um, a vast library. Do you think they're just doing this Frozen story thing, Majiggy, next year or this season because it's so big and current? Because as I understand it, Frozen's yeah. huge, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's why. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I don't expect that it's going to be a main plot line. I expect that it's going to be something kind of like. Um, they did this last season with the Wicked Witch of the West, um, right. where it's a character that's going to come in and come out um, so, and not kind of stick around for the remainder. That, that There's a main core group of, of people that are in the story, and then there's um, characters that come in and come out. Like, I don't know if you've noticed uh, um, this last season, but like... Um, a lot of the side characters um, are not being brought back. Um, Red, Red Riding Hood, mm. she's done. Oh, right. um, uh, I want to say Granny's done too. Yeah. Um, um, uh, what's his name? Geppetto. Uh, Geppetto. Yeah. yeah. Is that Um yeah, so there was a lot of side characters. They, they, I guess they felt that just the it, the show was becoming a little too overwhelming and to try to tell too many stories at one time. Right. Um, so I think that this is going to be the same thing with this Frozen thing, that all they're trying to do is just tap into um, something, that a property that they own. It's a smart thing to do. I mean, technically speaking, it's like I said, I'm being, they are totally blackmailing me into watching this movie and I will watch. I, I would not have watched it were it not for this, Yeah. but because I want to be able to understand what's going on in once upon a time, I'm going to go back and watch the movie before the show starts. Hmm. So, but so one thing I would like to point out that I'm very glad that Disney obtained the rights to star Wars because, yes. 
Um, I, I don't expect right. to see it on the show. Right. But there is something that Rumpelstiltskin does that is a total copyright infringement. Ooh. And he does the invisible chokehold on <laughs> everybody. Oh, my God, it does. So he secretly is a Jedi. He's a Sith. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. So technically speaking, now that they've got Star Wars, they could make this crazy. See, now I've got yeah. a reason no, to watch this show. That's the one thing that I always I always had to laugh about is that uh, the Darth Vader is going to file for copyright infringement <laughs> against Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's pretty well, cool. Well, they did, they did bring... Um, and I was surprised the way they did it. They did bring the whole um, uh, Frankenstein, Ooh. Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, and I thought it. that that was good, but I thought it was a good idea to bring classic literature into the... Because technically speaking, fairy tales are classic literature. It's yeah. just the ones that we know are the ones that Disney rewrote. Yeah. But the actual... Cla- oh my, God forbid, now, I, if they went with actual classic literature... Um, these would all be horror stories. <laughs> yeah, they would, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Grimm's fairy tales were really kind of gruesome and horrible. Like they were cautionary tales for children. They weren't bedtime stories. Mm-hmm. You know. So um, Disney is the one that really made that theirs, and then and that you can tell that that's where they're drawing from. That they're not drawing from the original source material they're drawing from their own films, you know, Belle with the chipped cup, the, um, the outfits that they all wear all match up with the Disney movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, the little mermaid, um, beauty and the beast. Have they gotten to Aladdin yet? Have we seen Jasmine yet? I don't think we've seen Jasmine. No, we haven't, yet. But I, I think did, she's coming this year. Yeah. I did read that Aladdin was cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I believe be that it was. Ca- um, uh, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this: Did, what, did you watch that? Uh, I thought it was terrible, but did you watch that uh, Wonderland spinoff? I watched the preview, and I, it did nothing for me. It, it, it so. well, I think the the problem was with that. I watched it. I watched the whole thing, and I was glad that they canceled it. Um, they did come out and say that originally it was not supposed to be its own show. It was supposed to be a bridge between seasons for once upon a time in air during the summertime yeah um and just be like a one-time thing where every summer they do a a a little once upon a time snippet kind of thing that has nothing to do with the main story but my problem was is they they um they advertised it that it was going to be um written in the same way that once upon a time is in the what sucked most of the viewers in the way that the characters stories um are interlaced with one another um in this one in in wonderland it was so well there, there was only two main stories that they interlaced together and it was so forced and convoluted that it was just like it was sad it was um um, Alice in Wonderland meets um, Jafar from Aladdin. Oh my god! And that's that's <laughs> it. That was the story. Oh wow! And there w- and how they advertised that you will see characters from Once Upon a Time appear. Yeah, you saw Granny and Red <laughs> and um, the guy that plays um, one of the one of the seven dwarfs. Gr- the guy that plays Grumpy. Okay. They all show up in the pilot episode for two seconds in the beginning, and that's it. Yeah, so it's like and one then of those the rest ex- of the show it doesn't have. Even though in the advertisements they make it sound like, oh well, if you watch this show, you're going to get Easter eggs for the other show. <laughs> it, 
And that's the whole reason I watched it, and it was all a lie. So, oh, that sucks. Yeah, so don't even bother going back and watching it. It's a bunch <laughs> of waste of time, and it was yeah. really poorly acted anyway. <laughs> you, uh, mentioned, you mentioned earlier on when we were talking about Once Upon a Time, you touched upon Heroes. Mm. Yes, um, yes, I love Heroes. Uh, what, what are your thoughts of. on the, um, the miniseries that they're going to do? Um, I'm very excited for it, especially considering that it's not going to involve the original, except for um, Hormone Glasses. Yeah, he'll be. He's. I like the idea that they're keeping him and only him, um, because that means they can start a clean slate. We don't have to try to remember the stupid plot lines that they ended up coming up with <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Um, or the one that they completely stole in its entirety in the last season. Um, <laughs> they did. They got sued for it, too. Whoa. <laughs> did they? And they lost. They stole it from a comic book page by page. The whole um, uh, the whole traveling, the whole circus the one, whole the traveling whole circus. one. Yeah. yeah. They stole that out of a graphic novel literally page by oh page. Oh, you gotta wonder and why they got people sued do this. Hard. Yeah. And there was a lot of speculation that that was like the final nail in the coffin for heroes. Was yeah. that well, it, 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 <laughs> they weren't writing their own material. <laughs> <laughs> it did uh, after that first season. They did seem to lose their footing completely. I uh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I, the jump from season one to season two is where we, my husband and I, had the biggest problem. Is because season one was <laughs> so awesome. I can remember because even this was back before VOD, so you had to watch it when it happened. Otherwise, mm. you were out of luck. Yeah. yeah. So we would be sitting in front of our televisions. I believe it was Monday nights at eight o'clock. And we were sitting there chanting by mid-season, save the cheerleader, save the world, <laughs> you know. So we were really into the show. But then when they came back in the second season, it was so disconnected from where they had been going in the first season mm. that it was just... And then it just literally got worse from there. Like every subsequent... Se I kept watching just praying like, okay... You had a bad season. You'll come back from it, especially because it happened during the writer's strike. So, oh, yeah. You know, that that did affect a lot of shows. Uh, I gave them that much, but it, it just it never got better. Mm, I mean, and there was there there was whole plot lines that were left unanswered. Um, the one that particularly bothered me was that um, Claire, the um, teenager, the cheerleader, um, by season two or three, she's in California with her family and they're like trying to hide who she is. And, um, she finds a boyfriend that has superpowers too and like falls in love with him. That's and then did. in the next season, like he's just gone. Yeah. Like they didn't even, <laughs> didn't explain they it. Didn't even they didn't even address it. He's just <laughs> gone. And it's just like, I really liked that plot point. Yeah. I really liked the That's fact that she's hiding who she is and she secretly finds out someone else has powers too. Yeah. That's so cool because that's every high schooler's, you know, most, most of the people who are outcast in high school, that's the one thing they're looking for is that one person who will understand them. Yeah. And Claire got that. And then they go to the next season and it's just like, we're not even going to discuss this. <laughs> that's a shame, really. I, um, I, I... She needs to go to a magic carnival. <laughs> <laughs> well, she kind of did in the fourth season, didn't she? I I never um, I never finished Heroes. I I like I said one I thought was really it. good, and then I really struggled with two. And after a few episodes, I was I just like there, there's too many different little storylines going on, and it just seemed so. And they changed them too. 
they changed the that's the thing is that the plots for the individual characters were not consistent at all yeah um they um they it, it, it would change they they well they went back in time they yeah. they changed things and then when they start getting getting into the fact there's a corporation behind it and then there's a second corporation behind it it's an evil corporation uh, and it's just like what yeah what i just thought there was people with superpowers you yeah, know like, yeah i yeah i had this i had a similar conversation with somebody um at the weekend because we were we were saying well for me personally one of the, the letdowns in in any tv show is when they have that sort of secret government organization comes into the story and uh most well from a tv point of view most tv shows that i've seen personally i think have suffered for that when you they've already got a great storyline like for example prison break is one uh that had a great story um and then they the longer it went on they kept introducing this the secret government organization which no one's heard of before and they're you know they can't shoot for shit and they, they every time they catch somebody they escape somehow so they're horrible government agents and there's no like real stories to like oh yeah that who are these guys why were they brought into it when you already you don't you, you don't need to bring in these uh these organizations and i'm guessing that was the i got i was getting that vibe with heroes from the claire's is it her dad or stepdad or whatever it is because he yeah he was living that double life wasn't yeah. he? he was like an agent no, she or whatever, was adopted. And... i guess she was adopted yeah, yeah. she was part of the project yeah but took she, her home. yeah but she yeah. and she thinks that he i don't know works at a store or whatever when he's really an agent for yeah some, like he really or, works yeah. at a paper company or something yeah and i i sort of i i instantly start losing um uh interest when they bring in these these secret groups and i'm because my thing is like well you've got you know the fbi and the cia and nsa and all that lot why can't you just use one of those organizations why does it have to be a top secret group that nobody knows anything about yeah because they're secret enough <clears throat> they're secretive enough as it is already you don't need to get much more secret than the cia and the fbi yeah, exactly well, <laughs> um i mean i we're my uh we're we're big in as far as watching tv shows stay on topic we're big into watching um uh, shows on um, History Channel too, because they, of course, can't call this stuff history. Um, like the ancient alien um, theorists and stuff like that. We love watching those. And there's this um, one they were talking about the president, uh, uh, the presidents in relations to uh, UFOs and aliens. And um, they were talking about how evidently, like, even if you're president. They just tell you, no, this is classified. Oh, um, I guess um, Jimmy Carter had seen a UFO in his younger years. And so as soon as he became president, that was like his first question was like, I want all the files on what we know about intelligent life out there. And they were like, no. Nah. And he's like, but I'm the president. And they're like, this is... You're, this is classified. You can't see this. Wow, that's crazy. You, know? you don't get a higher. Well, I would thought. I would think you don't get a higher security. Well, but see, that's what's scary about. It. That's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Oh, wow. You don't get more deep than the CIA or the yeah. FBI when, when the president himself can't access information. Whoa. That's scary. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah, you I know, mean, and these and this is this is public information. This is not like some kind of conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. This is public information that Jimmy Carter wrote about in his biography. That's you crazy. Know? When because he's like, well, he's the highest authority on the planet, pretty much. And if he's not allowed to read something, then 
That kind of, well, see, then it tells you right then and there that there's something there. There has to be, otherwise they'd be like, something. yeah, here you go, here's the files, and they'd be like, there's proof here, nothing. There's no aliens or whatever. Yeah, and... yeah like they give them an empty manila folder and say, yeah, there's all the proof we have. Yeah. It's all BS, see, because that, these people uh, are crazy. I don't get why the government does that, because it's the same as the, um, uh, the, the, the JFK files thing. They said they're not going to be released until, I think it's like 2027 or something, because everybody that yeah, would have been involved will be dead by then. And it's just that, yeah. that that straight away suggests that there was more to it than what they ever admitted. So, oh, of course, yeah. Anytime, anytime, anytime. Well, <laughs> it's the same thing with redacting. I love it when um, paperwork's released and the <laughs> entire page is black except for the words <laughs> "the" and "and." <laughs> it's like, yeah. gee, thanks for releasing this completely useless file that nobody can read. That's, that's really freedom of information, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, but you're right as far as plots are concerned. When you start getting government agencies involved, yeah. especially ones that are unnamed, um, I, I kind of got into that problem with um, the news show. Um, it was a summer show, so I gave it a shot because, you know, in the summer there's nothing on. Yeah. So um, generally I, I give summer shows a little bit more leeway than I do um, regular season shows. And uh, it was um, uh, CBS did a new show with Holly Berry called um, Extant. Oh, and um, it. it's a sci-fi show. And it's, it, I mean, it's very interesting. It's uh, what it is. is she's um, an astronaut and she, oh, goes to, on a, this, yeah. she goes on a mission it's a solo mission for like 13 months and she comes home pregnant. Whoa. <laughs> okay. And then on top of it, this is, and this is the big loop, like the, the big thing is like, cause this, this thing, I guess the show takes place not too far in the future, but a little bit, you know, maybe 30, 40 years in the future from now. Hmm. Um, their child is a robot that their husband, uh, her husband invented. And, like, he's, like, completely real and thinks for himself and stuff. So the show is very sci-fi in the sense that they're dealing with possible alien life. They're dealing with robots. Mm. But then, on top of it all, the agency that she works for that's, I guess, supposed to be the equivalent of NASA is, like, there's a huge conspiracy theory, you know, her huge conspiracy going on behind the scenes like uh that they knew what was going to happen to her and all this stuff and then they just that's where the show ends so it maybe i'm hope i'm hoping in this case um that that aspect of the show is helpful and not a, a hindrance because otherwise the show is compelling like hmm. i said if you like sci-fi there's not much, you don't get much better than aliens and androids <laughs> yeah well we um we were quite enjoying the because uh, we we kind of like the sci-fi stuff as well. We were really enjoying. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, what was that show called? Uh, Almost Human. Again, I, I another example of a show that they axed for some uh, some reason. I don't know why, but I was really enjoying that. And then I stopped watching it. Like when I found out it was getting cancelled, I think it was about four episodes away from the end. And I thought, well, oh, there's no point really because. Uh, as I understand yeah. it, most of these times they don't have enough time to wrap up, you know, the story and any loose uh, uh, loose ends and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a real shame when that happens. But... Do you guys watch um, Game of Thrones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it, Scott. Um, oh, I, I'm uh, kind of on the on the fence about it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first season. Actually, the first two seasons. Oh. Season three. 
I was really from start to finish. Uh, I guess apart from one one scene out of the whole thing, I was really bored because um, just from my point of view, there was nothing going on. There was everybody had split down into all these little groups of like two or three people and there's there was too many little storylines going on and all everyone was just walking around and talking that was it nothing was like it was really... very lord of the rings ish yeah nothing yeah nothing like yeah like the first one nothing particularly was was happening really and the the only time that i did sort of go oh wow didn't see that coming was the um what was the uh the dude with the hand, you know, when they when they chopped it off, I like didn't see that coming at all, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Oh, um, uh, when Jamie landed. That's it, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then no, it uh, kind uh, of that boring was, again. That was shocking. Yeah, and I think the second to last episode when it's the is it the uh, the red wedding? Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah that, that for me. Yeah, if that is if they ended the season with that episode, I think that would have been a great way. But then there was one episode after that and I was watching it again, which went back to boredom land Four has picked up where we've got a couple of episodes away to, uh, before we finish the season. Um, but it, yeah, it's picked up a little bit, but um, uh, it's watchable. The only thing uh, through season four that I've been interested in is the whole, um, the, uh, the little guy, the Lannister guy who's on the trial thing. Uh, I love, I, I love him. Yeah, uh, he, he yeah, is yeah, brilliant. Yeah. But all the other, he's the, an excellent actor. Yeah, he is. And all the other, but all the other stories, I'm not particularly fussed about. Really, I'm just like, well, you know, if if they die, they die. And I mean, I've not read any of the books, so I have no idea. But I, I I'm um, not really connected to any of the characters apart from. Is it? Did you say Tyrion? Is that him? Yeah, his name's Tyrion. Yeah, he's awesome. And um. Yeah, he's um, and actually, um, actually, if you do read the books, you see that they they do make little references to the changes that they've made for the show. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the books, like at one point, um, when he after Blackwater Bay, when he gets his when he almost gets killed and he gets his flight his face life open. Yeah. Um. His sister, uh, the blonde, the queen, Cersei, walks in and she's like, oh, I heard you lost your nose. Well, in the books, that is what happened. He's completely like he was already a a little person as it was. So he was obviously, you know, people um, treated him badly. But after the battle, he was completely disfigured and his nose was completely cut off and it was just like a gaping hole. So then you have to think about him marrying a 13 year old, being forced to marry a 13 year old girl and how horrified that she would be to be having to marry this guy. You know, but they do make little references to that. His sister came in and said, oh, well, I heard you were missing your nose, you know, so if anything, um. I think I, I think that it follows as close to the books as it's going to be able to. Yeah. You I mean, you just yeah. I hate it when people get mad about like, oh well, it's nothing. It's not as good as the book. Yeah. Well, that's because you can read internal dialogue when you're reading, and yeah. it makes things a lot more interesting and a lot more a lot easier to understand. But wow. if you're watching a film, you cannot know the internal dialogue of a character unless there is a voiceover. Yeah, the narration. So now you, you just made my day because this is this is something that me and Sean uh, on many of the other episodes we've recorded we've we've talked about this and I don't think it bugs Sean as much as it does me but I I get it a lot when um uh people they're asking me about my thoughts on films or TV shows and I'm like yeah really good and they again they say the same thing not as good as the book and I'm just I'm the same thing I'm just like well there's a reason why they call it an adaptation 
you know they they can't yeah. fit everything in from the book word for word seems to otherwise what would be the point in unless I'm you're doing peter it? jackson well yeah yeah you can fit everything in plus extra scenes <laughs> yeah that's true i guess but um sorry to interrupt you i had to get that no in no there, no, that, like, no that's that's fine i'll I, I completely accept that um but yeah I just, these... I, just got fin- I just got finished watching the <laughs> hobbit and i was just like oh my god yeah, oh my I don't, God, yeah. Jackson, what are you trying to do to us? <laughs> See, I, I, I quite enjoyed the the Lord of the Rings films and the Hobbits for what I they are, the pretty Lord cool. I love the Lord of the Rings mm. films, but the Hobbits felt like I think a that, cheap they, knockoff. Yeah, I felt they could have like. Wrap, well, because it's such a small sort of story, I think they could have wrapped it up in two movies. I cannot see how they're making it three. It's just I don't know. But um, well, they they do that by I, having a half hour of singing and throwing plates oh at the beginning God, of one was, of them. That was, that was I was terrible. I was going to say that opening it. scene was completely unnecessary. Uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I think that's well, actually I mean, about 45 minutes. When you start looking at this, the runtime of these films, uh, it's a runtime. The first one's thir- three hour, like three hours and 40 minutes or something. Something crazy like that or two hours and yeah, two hours and 50 minutes. Some, it's like, it was something crazy long. And I was just like, it, this is, whereas the other, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was all of the films were long especially if you got the extended scenes uh, oh, I, yeah um, i love the extended Lord of the, the rings we got the extended blu-rays of course we have the extended well done blu-rays. well done of course we watch them <laughs> in our in the entirety um but i don't know that it just flowed better and it didn't feel like i was sitting for four hours watching a movie yeah the hobbit felt like every minute that ticked by, I felt it, and I think one of the other one of the things I pointed out was that the Lord of the Rings series had far more dialogue in between the fight scenes. The yeah. Hobbit is literally them being almost eaten by a series of creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the whole story, and yeah. then there's a big war at the end. You know. <laughs> Oh yeah, there yeah, is, well, isn't that? yeah. They they <laughs> literally just from one one group to another, they just just they escape one situation to another, and every single one of them is oh, we want to eat you. Yeah, you know, there's not a whole <laughs> lot of speaking going on, and um, whereas in the Lord of the Rings, I felt like there was a lot more storytelling. Yeah. I mean, there was action, and when there was action, it was really exciting. Whereas this, and also the CGI, I don't know if it's the aspect that they filmed it in or mm. what but the cgi looked kind of cartoonish in comparison to the lord of the rings which was made 10 years ago yeah. which to me doesn't make sense no i i, I don't get why because i noticed that when because i'm a big fan well not a big fan but i love the uh um the like the the, the orcs and in lord of the rings yeah. they used real people and in this, like you said, there's this, the, the big one, you know, with the one with the uh, one arm. Oh, it looks so fake. He, the yeah, white one? I'm oh, just, my God, uh, he looks so fake. Yeah, and I'm just like, why can they just got, like, a really big dude to play that role and CGI's arm as, as normal, but just have a real person? Yeah. It always looks better than CGI. And They made I, people into trees in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. And they, that, well, that looked better than this orc fella. Yeah, uh, I mean... Yeah, it, it did. It looked much better. That tree was far more believable than that work was. Um, uh, they, there, and there was a moment of continuity that I thought that they made a big error on. And I, uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I've been seriously questioning this since I watched the movie this this past weekend, The okay. Hobbit. Um, 
Okay, in the Lord of the Rings, mm. the hobbits, okay, so uh, all the hobbits were taller than Gimli, the dwarf. But in the Hobbit movie, the Hobbit is significantly shorter than all the dwarves. I'm in the middle of rewatching the extended That's edition. I'm going to have to. Go back and that. look, okay, because um, hmm. Frodo and Samwise are both significantly, or at least shot to be significantly taller than Gimli is. Yeah. But the group of dwarves in The Hobbit are all, I wouldn't say gigantically tight, uh, uh, larger than The Hobbit. But they even even um, Gandalf makes the point that the reason that he picked him, um, him to be the burglar is because he's a hobbit and hobbits can just suddenly disappear and people don't notice them because they're so tiny. Mm. So continuity-wise, that makes more sense that they would be shorter than the dwarves. But at the same yeah. time, like I said, in the original movie, Frodo is... Frodo for sure is definitely taller than Gimli appears. I'm definitely going to check that out. That's yeah, interesting. Maybe Gimli me, is just a really a, short that's dwarf. That's a serious continuity problem. Um, a, a race of people should not change from one story. Two races of people, I should say, should not change from one story to the other. No. But if, one, if I had Whoa. to pick which one would be right, technically speaking, the Hobbit should be smaller than the dwarf. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if, because uh, I heard this somewhere else the other day in reference to another movie and its sequel, but for like the original trilogy for The Lord of the Rings, it seems like so much more time, care, and attention went into making it. Yeah. And then this time around... They um, rushed it. Yeah, they rushed it as a cash grab, tried to recreate the magic, but, you know, you can't... It didn't work. That's what I'm saying. It didn't work. Yeah. It, was a, it wasn't something that I was impressed by, whereas I can remember seeing the original... Um, Fellowship of the Ring in the theaters and being just in awe after the end. Like, I can't believe they made this into a film. Yeah. I can't believe what they achieved. And I just watched The Hobbit this weekend and I was just like, I can't believe they made this piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, it, it is. I, it's for me, I mean, it's, it wasn't terrible, but it just, it mm. did not. And, but see, that's why I waited so long is I knew from what I was seeing in the trailers that it wasn't going to live up to how magnificent at magnificent magnificent the uh, uh, Lord of the Rings was yeah it, it feels in comparison it feels to me a bit sort of forgettable um I mean yeah, it when, was yeah when I think about the Hobbit you know when people mention it the only thing and main thing that I ever think of is because I, I really enjoyed it was the interaction between Baggins and Gollum with the uh, the riddles and stuff, actually, I, I really enjoyed that scene. Actually, but the rest of it that was the scene I liked. Yeah, that was the rest the of scene it. Scene that I liked the most, and I especially liked at the at the end of that scene when Bilbo has the opportunity to kill Gollum and is looking into his eyes, and he can see the um, I don't want to say human because he's not human. He's a he's a Hobbit too. Yeah. yeah. Um, technically speaking but um he can see that he's not a bad creature yeah he can see that there's there's something inside of him that's good um yeah, yeah. so he chooses not to kill him 
which I think, I mean, it goes along with the story. It's not surprising, but I thought the way that that was shot. But I think that goes back to the actor who plays Gollum. Oh, Andy Serkis? Um, yeah, Andy I'm, Serkis. Yeah, yeah, Andy Serkis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that he, he really brings that character to life despite the fact that it's CGI. Yeah, which again, looks and better actually, than the And actually, that CGI looked better than the rest of the CGI throughout <laughs> the rest of the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, wow. No, so, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought that his little bit was funny, um, it, uh, surprisingly. So there was no other real, and now I guess that was the other thing I didn't like is there wasn't a whole lot of humor to the film. Whereas the Lord of the Rings was actually, if you notice, it's peppered quite a bit with humor, mm. um, especially during the the first and second movies. Um, there, there are little mo- not big moments but like one-liners that yeah. do bring out pretty good belly laughs yeah, um, yeah. especially the banter it, between like legolas and gimli and you know right that was yeah. the, that was the comic relief that you had yeah or or um pippin, pippin and mary at oh, times yeah of course well, yeah also yeah so yeah the the, uh, the, the hobbit they didn't have that in the hobbit yeah the, the, everything about the hobbit and though both movies so far serious in the hobbit yeah i think um the hobbit seems to be like the kid version of lord of the rings because uh, like the humor in it like the, in the first movie with the uh, the kitchen and the the cleaning and stuff and then the second one when they're in the barrels in the river it just seems like that's something that a kid would find entertaining whereas when i watched it i and especially that scene in the kitchen at the beginning when they're throwing all the plates and stuff around i was like what is going right. on and, and yeah because who would let i mean seriously who would let that happen in their house I mean, yeah, exactly. yeah. somebody walked in my house some stranger walked in my house and started eating my dinner because like, that's literally what happens when the guy comes in and eats his dinner and it's like i want more yeah um how polite of a hobbit are you like i mean at what point do you say excuse me sir why are you here and what's your name you know um he just kind of stood back and just let things happen, and I was a little confused about by that. But, yeah, um, and just, but but not just one, but like thirteen of them. They just kept coming in. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, sure, okay." <laughs> you know, never once did he really why, question and it. Wh- and why <clears> would Gandalf <throat> just not tell him? By the way, there's going to be thirteen people showing up at your house later tonight. You yeah, might not like it, but I'm Gandalf, <laughs> so that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah, deal yeah. with it, bitch. And, and while while he's at it, here's some food, so you've got <clears> something to give to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <clears> yeah, <throat> yeah. Let me wave my staff. <clears throat> make sure you have enough to feed everybody since yeah. obviously they're going to be eating you out of house and home literally absolutely uh, yeah because uh, i mean if 13 people showed up in my place right now they'd be so disappointed because i got nothing in this place for them to if eat 13 so. people showed up in my house right now i might be able to feed two of them and the rest of them would be eating pizza <laughs> well well that's all right yeah Pieces yeah, good. I mean, I'll still order pizza, but, you know, <laughs> as far as home-cooked meals, I don't think I have enough... Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a husband and wife with no children. We don't we do not do meals. We do individual portions. Yeah, that's pretty much... Yeah, that's pretty much the same it, here, too. <laughs> there's too much waste when you start doing full meals, um, yeah. so when there's just two people. Um, yeah. But uh, there's some, um, there was something I was going to point out about what, oh the Lord of the Rings and the versus the Hobbit. Yeah, it's something that I thought is a little bit funny. It's just as far as they, as far as they shot the movies. How we were talking about how the Lord of the Rings had a little bit of humor in it and right, yeah. seemed a little bit um, more um, family friendly, maybe. Yeah, oh, um, it definitely little, is. Yeah. Uh, 
not quite so violent and it was just a little bit more um just it was just more well done but especially like the humor just think about it technically speaking the plot of that story is they are trying to save the entire world yeah in the hobbit which to me was written much more seriously much more violently and with far less dialogue and far less care they're just going on an adventure you know they're not really i mean yes for the for the dwarves there's um a purpose behind it but for bilbo it is literally just like he got pulled into this adventure by this crazy wizard you know (laughs) and it's taken so like it's written but it's written out so seriously whereas the story about the end of the world is written having jokes in it yeah you know so you think that they would have like maybe switched it around i don't know yeah are you are you gonna watch the second one jamie uh, yeah, it um, it's on HBO now. They just premiered it on HBO a couple weeks ago, and I'm gonna probably watch it this weekend. I was gonna watch it back to back with the other one, but the other one, after watching <laughs> the other one, I, was just like, I walked out of the room with my head just lowered. Oh just wow! Like, <laughs> See, it's not just me, Sean. No, I uh, I'm I'm right with you on it. I will say that the the, the final act of the second film surpasses anything. In the first okay, one, good. Yeah, good. the second one is a lot well, better. And I'm also looking forward to the third one, just in the sense because I know the story. I'm looking because I thought that they did um, the the Battle of Isengard very very well, mm. and I'm hoping that we get like five times as much as that in the final battle. Yeah. Um. Uh. As long as they do it in the correct way, but based on the CGI that I've seen, I'm not sure that they will. Um, it'll just depend. But that—that's—I think that's the moment that it has to really, the for the series to shine yeah. is um it, it is when all the um when all the armies come together on the battlefield. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I saw them. Um, sorry, go on. Sorry. No, no, you go. <laughs> We, we may find, and it could be a saving grace, that the reason the CGI is so bad in the earlier one is uh, they saved their budget for the final battle. Yeah, I think. Uh, I hope <laughs> I so, but in, given how much money they've done and how much money these movies have made, you would think that there wouldn't be a cap on CGI budget. You would yeah. think they would just be like, throw money at it, because <laughs> all it does is make money. I don't know. You know? I'm, 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 I think about how many times they re-released Lord of the Rings. As on DVD, they they released each individual movie. They released the box set. They yeah. released the extended box set. Then they released the extended movies, so that the movies were like five hours long apiece. Yep. And then Blu-ray came out, and they did it all <laughs> over again. Star, Star Wars so style. It's just like, <laughs> so it's like, um, at what point do you? Why do you need to cap any kind of budget if you're going to continue on this yeah. very lucrative? series you would think you would just say oh you need more money let me throw money at you mm. you know it just it, just, it doesn't make sense to me other than i think that um uh, my my husband's really pushing the issue with me on this hobbit thing that the reason it looked <laughs> as bad as it did was the aspect ratio it was shot in that it was shot too high what, right at 40 at, what is it 4800 what 
Uh, he said it's, it was shot at 4,800K, and I guess what that does is it makes everything look too real. Yeah. So, like, and I noticed that in the house, in the Hobbit house, mm. um, it makes it look like a set because it is a set. Yeah. You know, so, and by shooting it at, at that high of a frame rate, you can see that it's a set. Um, uh, I maybe that's what made the CGI look so bad for me because I wouldn't think that they would use a completely different team than worked on Lord of the Rings. You would mm. think that they would be using at least the same company. Yeah, I, uh, so I, I'm still worried about or, the, uh, the third I one. I don't know. After what Sean said, I'm worried about the third one still because I saw, um, oh, what was it? so forgettable guardians of the galaxy i saw that yesterday or the yeah. day before and um, i've heard a lot of good things yeah and they well before the movie they, they had the trailer for the i guess it's new out there the trailer for the uh the next hobbit film and oh, okay. they've shown a couple of scenes of the sort of leading up to the battle of the armies and stuff coming together and yeah, for me personally i'm thinking like when you compare it to something like helm's deep uh which like we said they used real actors and stuff that looks right. so be- that looks so awesome, but in this, you can still, from the bits that I've seen in the trailer, it's still, you can blatantly tell CGI, and I don't think it looks that great from what I've seen. Um, that's disappointing. Yeah, no, so I mean, that's what, that's what really you worried. get, but it, it's disappointing, and yeah. honestly, it's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a, a, but there's movies that are coming out that I'm, I'm interested in seeing that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, one is, um, are you guys familiar with um stephen king's uh, magnum opus uh the dark tower i am not no i'm not <laughs> okay <laughs> okay um, I feel like it's I should a, be. um well it's a story that has spanned um i think eight books now because it, it stopped at seven but he he added um another like smaller book that was like kind of like a side story but it didn't have anything to do with the main story um but anyway it's a it's um taken it took him like 35 years to write this story in its entirety so who uh, back in like 1980 um when he first wrote the original book for the dark tower um called the gunslinger basically whoever picked that book up had to wait like 30 years for that series to end. Jeez. <laughs> that's what that's, and it's that's only insane. seven. It's only seven books. It's not like it's 20 books long. It's only seven books, but the books, I mean, the last book I want to say is like almost 2000 pages long. Wow. Um, it's literally ridiculous. But the thing, my point is, is that they plan to take and like each book with the exception of like the first two books, Every book is a thousand plus pages. Um, they plan to take this and to turn this into a movie. Um, into one movie. Well, they said that it's been bounced around a lot uh, as far as how they were going to handle it. Ron Howard was supposed to do, to direct all of them. Um, they said what at first they were going to do three movies, and last I heard, they were going to do three movies and then do a continuation on HBO because 
Stephen King wasn't necessarily sure if he was done with the story yet or not. Even though he ended <laughs> the story, he's not sure if he's done with it or not. Oh my god! So um, they were saying that they were going to do um, they were going to do three full-on movies, um, like like a trilogy, and then the story would continue seasonally through like an HBO or a Showtime, where they wouldn't have to worry about. Um, the content and things of that nature being censored. Okay, that, that sounds um, interesting. I mean, reading, but it's a, it's one of those stories. It's a really, really interesting story. I, I, I wouldn't even be able to begin to tell you about what the plot is about, other than, um, it, it's basically a guy. This guy, he's a gunslinger. Gunslinger, as you would think a gunslinger is, and <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, chasing after a bad guy and that is literally the whole story but that in, in no way describes the story so yeah the, the... it just it, it goes through the in seven in in seven books it goes through let's put it this way stephen king himself around the sixth book stars in the book as himself <laughs> when he gets hit by the van all right in his real <clears throat> life and almost dies oh whoa yeah he puts yeah. that he puts that actual event into his book Whoa. and he is a character in his book interacting with the characters he has created. Wow. That's yeah. Fascinating. It gets, yeah. It, it, I actually, when I got to that point, I said to my husband, I said, only Stephen King would have the balls to do something like this. <laughs> I'm going to put wow. my own life into my fictional seven, seven book long story that I've been writing for 30 years. Yeah. Ha ha ha. I hope you like it. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, the wow. synopsis wow. on the synopsis on IMDb is uh, near spot on with what you actually said. Yeah, Gun, Gun, gunslinger Roland Deschain roams an mm. old west-like landscape in search of a dark tower in hopes that reaching it will preserve his dying world, and that's it. Yep, yep, yep. It just it gets a lot deeper in the sense that um actually um somebody who's um real deep into this story, uh, Stephen King in general, as well as I am, is um, Michael Zapsik. Um, he and I have had several conversa deep conversations about the Dark Tower series and Stephen King. Um, Stephen King okay. likes to um, intermix his books um, with characters and plot lines. So you could be reading a book that has nothing to do with the Dark Tower, but all of a sudden a character from the Dark Tower will appear in it. Or um, at one point in the Dark Tower, one of the one of the books, um, the main character Roland is talking to this priest, and this priest um, picks up a book, and he realizes it's about him. Well, the priest turns out to be a character in one of Stephen King's real books, and the book he is reading is the book that Stephen King wrote. See, that's what I'm saying. This Jeez. stuff gets wow. so meta, it gets so meta that it's just like it blows your mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. Uh, uh, actually, it's also one of uh, it's one of Aaron Paul's actually um, favorite stories of all time because he. Um, I remember him putting out a tweet um, begging to be cast in the film. Wow. Okay. Well, hopefully we can see that. Uh, hopefully we can. Well, see there is a there is a care there is a role. Well, there is a role that he could fill. A main a main character role that he could fill. 
um, definitely. So I, I'll keep my fingers crossed for him on that one. No, yeah. I was just curious about that. I, 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 I always want to hear what people's um, thoughts are on that, just because if you're familiar with the, the stories, the idea of them even trying, just based on content, uh, of them trying to put this in films, it seems impossible because of how big it is. But also there's some actual scenes in it that I'm not sure that you could put in a movie um, towards the end, because this is not going to spoil anything, trust me. No, um, right. Towards the end, like in the sixth book, um, a woman gives birth to a demon and it starts like, like, like biting her and like there's blood everywhere and there's like all these satanic people it's very like rosemary's babies kind of scene and um i had to question like i'm not sure if there's certain scenes that you could put that on film that people would watch that yeah like and but but there but there are scenes that are integral to the plot yeah. That you really couldn't get rid of either. So, but there's some like really fantastic type of imagery where you're just like, wow. He even, okay, let's just put it this way the, the, the Dark Tower series includes references to Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Okay. okay. Well, um... he's Stephen King is head over heels in love with the Harry Potter series. Yeah, I have that. Um, um, so, um, the Golden Snitch. Um, appears in the um, in the books. Um, lots of Harry Potter, not direct. It doesn't directly say Harry Potter in it. Yeah. But there are a lot of references, and because the books, um, the characters are constantly jumping between worlds. That's why he's able to include all these pop culture references, including references to himself and his own writings, is because these characters are, are basically, he's written it to where there's all these different dimensions yeah. mm. and all these different realities that are existing at the same time. So, like, he, um, are you familiar with um, the story he did that that made, got made into a TV um, miniseries, The Stand? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In The Stand, okay. Um, at one point, they um, in the Dark Tower, the group appears in the desert somewhere, and they pick up a newspaper, and it turns out they're in Las Vegas, and they're in the world of the stand where um, Randall Flagg won. Oh, wow. Where, right. So, yeah, so he does things like that. So as a, if you're a Stephen King fan and you're familiar with the rest of his body of work, as you're reading this Dark Tower book, you're just like, he didn't just do that. Oh, my <laughs> God, he didn't just do that. You know, so it's, it's one of those things where if you're a fan, it's, um, it's fascinating. Like, it's enough that another writer did an, an entire, like, study and his own book of how the dark tower relates to all the other books that Stephen King's written. Oh, that's kind of crazy. It sounds very, um, the whole thing sounds quite meta. It it is. It is. I just, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm when I'm always interested in hearing people's opinions about how in the hell they are going to try to pull it. Cause they've been saying for the last five, five years or so that this, the movie is going through. I even heard, um, Ben Affleck attached to direct it at one point. Whoa. Um, 
yeah, so I mean, it's it's for real out there, and it's it's not something that I think is being shelved. Um, I just think they're just trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think like, it sounds like what's the best like a... way to approach it because there's just so much content to try to cover. Yeah, Jeez. sounds like, and I'm good, not good sure that seven that. movies. I'm not. Well, see, and that's where I think that instead of going with three movies and then going with HBO, I think the best thing to do is just go with HBO and do like eight or nine seasons. Yeah, you know, just I mean, you're guaranteed to have a huge audience based on the people who have read the book. You know, they're, they're, it's 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 going to be it would be a self-sufficient TV show as far as ratings. Yeah, it would be. And you could do what? It's same way Lord 13. of the Rings or say not Lord of the Rings, the same way that um um Game uh, of Thrones. Game of Thrones is, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ten, thirteen episodes a season. Mm. Um you I mean if you, you have had a built in audience. Yeah. Uh, I mean I think even people that haven't read the books then once once they uh, see the first couple of episodes and see the massive universe that is being created here. You've got all of the fans of the books, and then a whole new slew of people. And see, that's the great thing about the about the Dark Tower series is that it doesn't deal with a lot of people. It's not, and unlike unlike most of um, Stephen King's books, it's not an ensemble group of characters. It's um, a group, a main group of four characters that go all over the place just go in the most random of worlds and places and and uh, so um it would be easy enough for a person who has has no reference to the source material to follow it's not like game of thrones where it's like 20 different plots happening all at one time that's a book i can get into (laughs) yeah well no it literally is it's it's for it, it actually the first three books is just two guys well, you know, and then it, eventually the group comes down to four and it's called their uh, quartet. It, it means they're like their family, their group. Um, and there's there's four of them and a dog, like a little like dog alien thing. Yeah, I would love to see this. This sounds really, really cool. Uh, I'm going to well, add it to my list. If you don't, uh, if you don't want to wait for it, I would definitely suggest um, book on tape. I wouldn't suggest reading it just because it would take too much time. My right. God. <laughs> um, most of us read those books over a 20-year span. Um, I know I did. Um, the only thing is, is I would say that the first book is in no indication of what the other six are like. Okay. The okay. first book is a guy wandering around the desert looking for somebody and it's it's very slow and actually i'll be honest after reading it i i put it down and the other um the the next two books had already been published at that point when i first started reading it and i just put it down after reading i was just like oh this is kind of boring but then i i got bored and i picked up the next one and it was just like a thousand times better it was just like oh okay this is interesting and then as every book went on it got better and better and better so the and first then it one... got, and then, but then by the time you hit the fifth book it just got just flat out crazy and that's when he started putting himself in his own books and stuff and it was just like wow you've hit a new level Steven <laughs> fantastic I'm definitely going to take that on as a recommendation yeah yeah, okay. like, if you ever have, like, if you ever have to travel or something, it's definitely good for a book on tape kind of thing. Um, um, and I don't think that it would ruin the movie at all because, like I said, there's just no way that they are going to be able to include everything. So, and that goes back to what we were talking about 
trying to move from one genre to another. You just can't. Mm, it's yeah. why, as you said, that's why it's called an adaptation. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that um, uh, you were one of the few people I know that understand that because everyone else I know. Um, I, I guess because I guess because I'm a reader. Yeah. Um, just I. Uh, I accept that uh, I I enjoy reading and I enjoy watching TV slash movies, but I like them for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. And and I always just go back to the thing of like, well, if it was completely identical to the book, what would be the point in in, in doing it? It's nice that it's a bit different. And like Walking Dead, I mean, if they followed that, page for page i don't think i'd be watching what would be it. the point yeah because i've, yeah, I've well, read the graphic novel and, for you. yeah exactly so it's kind of nice that they they've changed it up a little bit and done different things and killed people off in different times than compared to the the comics and stuff so yeah yeah i like that so alrighty, um i think we should look at wrapping this up because yeah <laughs> it's been a bit of a while um this happens a lot with us we were like i said we always plan for about hour hour and a half two hours or whatever but yeah we just once, okay. once we get talking it just there's no stopping well usually but me, i'd be but... happy to come back and talk about my charity <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah 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 well um we will we'll, we'll pencil something in we'll um I'll, I'll try and find out uh with sean we'll we'll talk about dates and stuff and then we'll throw or you you tell us when it's good for you and then we'll all try and um fit it in together yeah, that okay. sounds very good. In the meantime, Jamie, did you mind just telling uh, everybody where they can will find you and find the charity? Sure. You can find, like I said earlier, you can find me on Twitter pretty much all the time. Um, ex- <laughs> even when I'm sleeping, I'm <laughs> tweeting somehow. Um, I sleep with my iPad on my stomach. Um, I, my Twitter name is at Jamie Walton, J-A-M-I-E-W-A-L-T-O-N. Um, my organization that was counted, uh, co-founded with Kevin Smith, um, the Wayne Foundation, um, that Twitter handle is the Wayne FDN. So it's T-H-E-W-A-Y-N-E-F-D-N. Yep. And our website is just WayneFDN.org. So um, check us out um if you can't figure out our web address just google the wayne foundation will be the first thing that pops up um we um didn't get to talk about it very much but we um are dedicated to spreading awareness of uh domestic minor sexual trafficking occurring in the united states and also occurring around the world um and we are very, very close to starting to provide day-to-day services for victims, I'm very happy to say. So hopefully hopefully here in the next few months we'll have things rolling. Yeah, yeah. So oh, well, if you would like to help us with our cause, this is a very, it's, it's been something, I've been raising money with Kevin for the last five years to do this. We're a completely legitimate organization. Um if you want to hear more about me and not just my taste in television and <laughs> movies, um, you can um, uh, visit our website. If you hit the podcast link, if you just go to WayneFDN.org and hit podcasts, it has the three podcasts I've recorded with Kevin Smith over the last couple of years. The most recent one was a couple of months ago, um, an episode of Fat Man on Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to hear more about Kevin and my adventures in non the nonprofit world and in being Batman. Um, 
please check those podcasts out. Um, otherwise, I will come back on the show and talk about a little bit about what we are up to at the Wayne Foundation. But I'm glad to have kind of introduced myself to you. Because I, I know that my I know that there's going to be people out there that are supporters of, of my organization and mm, of me. And sure. This lets, gives them a little peep into my uh, personal yeah. background a little bit, my personal interests. Yeah. Although, if they follow me on Twitter, they're more than aware of the fact that I like Once Upon a Time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, um, for anybody that wasn't sure, they know now. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. You, just so you know, if you follow me between the months of October and April, you will see Once Upon a Time tweets on Sunday nights. I look forward to that. I don't I tweet had spoilers. I don't tweet. I don't tweet spoilers, but I do tweet reactions to certain things. Cool. I, I never tweet that. spoilers, though. Although I have told people, if you don't want a show spoiled, don't want, Don't be looking at Twitter as it's airing live. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. I, uh, no, I do that all the time. <laughs> if there's a show, I know that I can't see. Like I'm doing something. I'm too busy. I make sure specifically not to log into Twitter during that hour while it's airing because yeah. it might end up in I'm something might end up in my feed. Actually, um, uh, Walking Dead. This is last see I had a I had a big spoiler on Walking Dead because yeah. I needed I needed to track my direct messages. Somebody had sent me a message and I needed to answer them, and it was during the Walking Dead while it was airing. And all of a sudden, like, uh. I'm just seeing my feed filled with Herschel messages. Oh. Oh. Like, That's horrible spoiler. Really? Right? <laughs> yeah, it was of all the things to spoil, right? Yeah, that and I was just like, so, but, but at the same time, I can't be mad at people because it's live as the show's happening. Yeah. That's what Twitter's for. So I, I don't really understand when people get upset and they're like, oh, you spoiled this. And it's just like, well, the show is kind of on right now. And that is kind of what social media is about. Yeah, exactly. Interacting yeah. with each other socially. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, like so, the, yeah. Uh, that's my advice. If you don't want something spoiled, don't, don't, don't log in. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And not just Twitter, but Facebook. Uh, but I try and all not of it. to spoil. I try not to spoil it. Just uh, actually because I have a lot of um, I got a lot of followers that are um over in Europe, and you guys are a little bit behind us. You are not exactly in the same time frame as us as far as when you guys get episodes. Yeah, normally, yeah, it's a bit out. Some 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 shows are uh, coming through at the same time now. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's... that's what I've been hearing. That some shows do, some shows don't. Yeah, you guys are super stingy with Downton Abbey. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we, have uh... wait, like, we have to wait like five months to get Downton five Abbey months. after you guys. Yeah, Jesus. like you guys get the whole season and then we get to watch it. <laughs> Okay, well, um, All right, so we'll have words with someone. Yeah, we'll, we'll email. Thank someone. you. Please get a hold, uh, get a hold of Masterpiece Theater and tell them how upset I am being the celebrity that I am. <laughs> yeah, indeed, absolutely. Okay, okay, guys. Right. Well, um, it's been. I must say, it's been an absolute, genuine pleasure um, talking Thank to you. you. I was. I've had a great time. Good. I, I was a bit. Because uh, I, I, Sean asked me a while back. He said, "You know, what are we going to talk about?" And I was just. I was pretty committed from the get-go of saying, "Well." Let's just have a bit of a general chit chat and see where it takes us, as is what we normally do um, when we're recording. And then I was like, if we've got time or if we get stumped or whatever, we'll then hit the Wayne Foundation and talk about that. But yeah, nice surprise right. that we've not had to, but we will. Um, we will have a 
we'll do a second uh recording at some point and we'll talk a, a bit more about it and stuff and uh again sort of see where the conversation takes us but yeah i'm such a, i'm such a talker you could bring up anything you could just be like what's your opinion about bunny rabbits and i could talk for two hours <laughs> <laughs> well it's, come it's, up it's with good something today. yeah i uh, would come up with something um so yeah so um i'd be happy to come back on and talk with you guys again i had a whole i had a whole bunch of fun and i i I actually did enjoy being able to just sit and chit chat and not um talk about such serious matters um for for two hours straight because that can be as much as that it's my job um it can be a little overwhelming so this was um a pleasant respite yeah Yes. Good. Good. It was well, really, really nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Yes. It's nice meeting you too. I hope you guys have a great night. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yes. yes. Thank you for um, yeah joining us, and um, we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, we'll talk soon. All, All right. right, guys. Cheers, Jamie. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye bye. So uh, please check out um, the Wan Foundation, um, as Jamie mentioned there. Um, even if you don't go and donate money. I'll pop on there, read about it. It's a really good cause, yeah. uh, fighting for good rights. Um, As check I've it out, share it, and uh, if you if you uh, feel you want to donate, then. Um Throw some pennies at them. Yeah, and as I've always said, if you can't donate, just spread the word. Share their link on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is you use, and uh, um, someone out there's going to do it. So, yeah, it's a really good cause, like you said. Exactly. All right, man. All right, cool. Right, well, uh, uh, I hope everyone else has uh, enjoyed listening to us um, talk about the various things that we have, and any feedback, if you want to send it to us, can go to nashcastpod.gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter at NashCast Network. Uh, my personal one, Scott Nash Four, which is the number four. And my personal one is at Neil Sean. Um, and if you're listening to this, you've already found us on iTunes or on Stitcher. Um, yeah. Do us a favor, give us a rating on iTunes. Be the first one. Well, says you. I have heard people have rated us but i think you've got to get a certain amount before they start showing or some bullshit okay. i don't know but yeah give us a rating if you can um or you know just uh i'm, I'm sure there's a, a box you can tick or something you don't have to write down a whole bunch of stuff of like oh yeah they're okay or whatever you can just uh oh no, the star rating thing isn't it yeah just hit the star rating and um we'll see where, where it takes us indeed yes Okay, well, well uh, thanks, uh, thanks for joining me today, Sean. And You're welcome, and thank you to Jamie for joining us. Absolutely, it'll be uh, a pleasure to talk to her again. Uh, so for this episode of Nashcast, I'm Scott. I'm Sean. Good journey. Good journey. Mm-hmm.